Do you ever think that you might be quite mad? Oh, yes. The one man in the world who never believes he's mad is a madman. Hello and welcome to Upholstered Uprising, Ramjack and the Chair of Tomorrow. Greetings everyone, I am Alex and joining me today for Ramjack is my friend and co-host, Brad. Hey guys, um, listen, none of you fools better try to shoot me because I got my Kevlar uh, earbuds here. Like, I'm protected. If anyone tries to shoot me in the earbud, like, I am set. You can't do it. You can't do it! Nice. Bulletproof! How are those new Kevlar headphones? Uh, it's really nice. It's really nice. They do feel you, durable. Do they? Do they feel... Do you have any weird scratching sounds in yours? No. Where the cords overlap and scratch? No. That's the kind of protection Kevlar gives you. That's right. I got aluminum. I got Kevlar. I got flat wires. It's tough! Nice. Guys, we've got a great episode for you. Um, Perfect Strangers is back. Yes. They're going to be talking about raisin poofs. Yeah, I'm still very confused with this cereal item. Yeah. I think I like this. This is a good episode of Perfect Strangers. I'll just go ahead and say I enjoyed it. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Of course, Polar Vortex is back. Jonathan, we were on brackets for a while. Going back to our roots with advice. Mm -hmm. Because someone needs to tell people what's up. Who else? Is there anyone else who's back? I don't... Guys, um, spoiler alert, um, again, uh, monsters are back. I know, like, listen, uh, you know, we're, we're in late April currently. By the time this comes out, it may be May, which means it's almost time for April Anarchy, which, of course, cannot be in April. It's gonna be in May, because that's how brackets work. <laughs> Truth. Uh, but I, I've definitely, I, like, I've got a monster side, and I'm gonna talk about because I, we got to get in the zone. we got to start getting our monsters lined up and get them in their proper brackets so we I, can figure out who is the monster champ of the year. Friend, just go ahead and do it. And we can get into more stuff later. I want to hear about this monster story. I don't... Uh, all can right. you tell it like you would have like a, like a horror story? <laughs> yes, or like a scary yes. story? It started four days ago and the moon was full. Oh yeah, get the flashlight out. Everyone, if you're listening to this, turn out the lights. I'm going to get a flashlight. I'll be right back. Everyone out there, get ready for a monster story of creepy proportions. Brad is on the mic. I'm going to tell you guys about a creature I saw. I was in the grocery store, but yesterday, and I start to turn down an aisle, but I cannot go down the aisle. But why not, you ask? Shouldn't there be room for a person to walk down a grocery aisle? There should be, but not if there's a cart that's almost completely empty except for a loaf of bread. (gasps) And what's next to the cart? Not behind it, but besides the cart? Beside the cart is a scooter bitch. (laughs) That's because the scooter bitch is dragging a cart to their side, taking up an entire aisle. (laughs) Just, and in their cart is just a loaf of bread. Are you being serious? <laughs> Dead fucking serious. Isn't there a basket you could put bread into on, a, on like one of those? Oh, wait, she Isn't had her own just personal like, scooter, not a store scooter. Yeah, her own scooter. Okay. Um, But couldn't she have just held the loaf of bread, maybe? Hmm. But here's where it gets terrifying, Alex. I look at the scooter, bitch, and this is what I see. I see a woman with the face of Michael Moore... 
and the haircut of Michael Moore. <laughs> Maybe it's Michael Moore, but it's not. <laughs> um, also, she's wearing a red dress that really just look it looks it's like jersey material so it's look like she's wearing a giant t-shirt or maybe like she's she's in cosplay of um of uh, alvin from alvin and the chipmunks <laughs> because it's just this like giant jersey dress that goes down to her ankles but is all just kind of one you know amorphous red thing also she's not wearing shoes <gasps> she's not wearing shoes <laughs> goddamn monster please play like background music of like creepy sound like definitely screams I footsteps mean, what the hell the audacity of taking up an entire uh yeah like row at a grocery store an aisle at a grocery store with your scooter and your cart yeah. She was a she was a block. She was a straight up aisle oh, block. Yeah. No one could get around her. How many people did no you one, see? No one's allowed to use that aisle except for her now. Hmm. See, I'm I'm worried people might try to use the strategy to keep an aisle to themselves because no one, unless you really need something, is going to go down an aisle that's completely blocked. Yeah. Well, because like it's not like you know a fucking like a scooter bitch like going down the middle of an aisle and you have to like go around them. You can't go around if they want to go through the aisle. You're just gonna have to get the fuck out of the way. Like, what the hell? You can't, you can't do that. You can't do that. Like, why do you have a cart? You're in a scooter. You don't, what, how much are you planning on buying? Clearly just a loaf of bread, but how much, are you buying some, what, how are you going to get it out to your car or whatever you, however you're getting around? Dude, I have no idea. That's so weird. Also, where the fuck are your shoes? Where the fuck? Are your shoes? Well, the chipmunks didn't wear shoes, did they? Maybe she really is rocking the chipmunk aesthetic. Well, or the listen, chipmunks. Michael, I mean, Alvin is her favorite because it's uh, her best. Michael friend. Moore was not one of the chipmunks, so I don't know what her rig out is. I mean, it is Florida, and I guess yeah, in a is. warmer climate, people are inclined not to wear shoes. You should always wear shoes. Wear um, shoes everywhere you go. That's why we invented them. No service. No service, bitch. This bitch gets no service. No shirt and no shoes, no service. That's how it goes, correct? Yeah, yeah. I don't understand. I, mean, I never understood why they, they didn't put pants on there, too. Can people come in without pants? I guess they might think it could get misconstrued and be like, excuse me, ma'am, ma'am. You need lady. to wear pants. You can't wear a skirt in here. Uh, you better get your husband to come do the shopping. We, we don't allow your kind. Did you read the sign? No shirt, no shoes, no service. No pants, no shirt, no shoes, no service. Get out of here. Get. This is an establish. This isn't an establishment for you, ma'am. That's why. That's why. Yeah. I think. I think Joey's gonna grow up to be one of those because he's gotten sometimes if something's going wrong that he doesn't like, he'll go. Or he'll start just making weird random sounds. No idea where he got it from. No idea. <laughs> So I'm sure when he's older, <laughs> he's going to grow up to be a three stooge. <laughs> we'll see. He does like slapstick a lot. Oh boy. Oh boy. Brad, I've got, I've got some science news and it has to do with a woman who was interviewed by new scientist. She went into the heart of the Congo 
and also went to the frigid norths of Canada. And she was trying to find out... The researcher was Sarah Gomez, and she starts off this interview with New Scientist uh, with a quote. She says, For the pygmies, if you can't dance to it, it's not music. It took some persuading to get them to sit still for the research. That's how she opens things up. Apparently, the natives of both the Congo and northern Canada like to dance with the music. Um, and it turns out she was doing this research for the following reason. They ask her, why do you want to know whether music has the same effect on everyone? Which is the key to her research. She wanted to go to these tribes of people who have had very little to no Western contact, play some Western music to see if it would strike a chord in them like their own music does. If there's... if the same type of music has the same effect on other people, which I, th I think this research has been done, but she, Sarah decided to do some of this. Uh, she says, every culture has music, so if you want to understand humans, we need to understand why music is there and why it is used in different ways. Deciphering what aspects of it are dependent on our basic biology and what aspects are dependent on culture will help us find answers to these questions. Now, I kind of, I bring this to the show, one, because Brad, you've, you enjoy music, but you definitely don't enjoy popular music at all, for the most part. There's a lot of times, I think, on the show you've mentioned how you've, you don't really understand people's, like, over-obsession with music. Um, in many respects, I agree with you. Some people... It, you could, can... it, could, it could... We could stop making music tomorrow, and I wouldn't notice. <laughs> That's how much music is not a part of your life. Indeed. So a research... So research done to find out what elements of music that are ple pleasing to people are innate or whether they're cultural, I think is interesting sh to bring to the show. Um, I, I will say, um, I will put one caveat on that. What's up? Um, at work, um, they, they, they tend to play music. Um, and there was one week where, for whatever reason, because like uh, we're on third shift, and so basically the people that are on the shift before us um, in like the department next to us are the ones that kind of have control of the computer that has the uh, the uh, stations on it and everything because it's mm -hmm. online radio. Um, and for some reason, um, they had it was it, there was a point in the night where it switched to techno and it stayed on techno, and like it was driving us insane. Because it's dead quiet, and we're just hearing this, like, fucking techno that all sounds the same. And, like, after about an hour, it's like, I, I'm going to, like, lose my mind. Because I'm just hearing this same thing over and over, unending loop of just this, uh, like, mind-killing <laughs> techno music. See, it I'm was torture. I'm sure it changed, but techno music is a mixed bag to begin with. This, I, like, is this yeah, house oh techno? Gosh. What... It all just, it all this... sounded the same. It was so awful. European like, underground I, techno. I feel like there was like, every song was just like 17 minutes and just the same. Just. It was like killing us. <laughs> well, I mean, and, and that's the thing about that, especially, and it's harder to tell with techno because only slight variations change, but whenever a DJ tries to play a set like that, they'll keep the same backbeat. So it's like throughout the whole thing, and all of them have that, but with techno, that backbeat is so prominent that when you hear the bells come in, or like, you can't tell, you think it's the same song for forever. You're yeah. stuck in a techno trance, it, which I think is was, why it was that term exists. It it's a nightmare. A techno, nightmare. techno is nightmare music. Well, to 
the remote Canadian and tribes in the Af in Africa's Congo. This researcher decided to play them three songs to represent Western music. And this is the biggest problem I have with this study. Because she didn't really find out anything we didn't already know. Duh. Mm -hmm. um, except that people like to dance. Fine. In certain areas where things are more tribal, they don't consume music for entertainment like we do. They consume it for ritualistic purposes. And to them, if it's not for a ritual, they're like, who fucking cares? They're like you. They're like, this ain't for a ritual? I don't care. No. Music for entertainment? That's stupid. What is this? <laughs> Techno? Fuck this shit. If I can't dance to it and do a ritual, I don't care. But these are the these are the songs that she played. They were all from films. One of them was the melancholy theme from Schindler's List. Uh -oh. Don't know why you're opening the set with mm -hmm. that. Woman, are you an aspiring DJ for tribes? Because you don't open with a down... You don't open with the theme from Schindler's List. Um, following that was the scary shower scene from Psycho. No! Th that is nightmare music. Yeah. Does this this woman should have consulted actual DJs. Because hey, you don't um, start you, you, with... You, you, down. So you... You've never heard uh, Western music. We just want to give you an idea of what we're working with. See how you think. What do you think about it? <laughs> and then, like, just really like, I don't know what the Shinner's List theme song is, but it's gotta be. I remember that movie being so depressing. I mean, that's what it's supposed to be—depressing music. You know that like a lot of people aren't willing to say it, but the movie's a little bit of a downer. <laughs> it's a little bit depressing. It's I watched a little, it. I mean. Like, it has its moments, sure, but really overall, and I hate to say this, it's a little upsetting. I don't know if, I don't know if that's okay to say. Um, <laughs> it's an unpleasant ride, but a ride nonetheless. <laughs> a powerfully unpleasant ride. And mm. she ended up the set with the up upbeat cantina scene song from Star Wars. <laughs> All right. Canadian audience reacted as you would expect. They were like, why is this music sad? What the fuck is up with this nightmare music? Okay, now finally something I can dance to. But the, the pygmies of the Congo hated all of it. Crossed their arms like, all this music sucks. <laughs> because to them, if you can't dance to it, it's worthless. And you can't dance to Schindler's List. <laughs> Think about that. You shouldn't, course, you, you, shouldn't, you shouldn't. You shouldn't dance to Schindler's List. You shouldn't be list. dancing to that. You shouldn't dance to the psycho music. I don't want to meet someone who dances to the psycho <laughs> music. <laughs> I don't even know what that would look like. <laughs> oh no! Just their fists up, like just doing the knife moves. Yeah, this music's awesome. Oh. But then to jump into the cantina music, which oh, he's sta he's stabbing at her again now. <laughs> uh oh, oh, she's screaming. She should have watched before she took that shower. <laughs> Always lock the door. But then the cantina theme—it's just so uneven. I get I get the study for music. I get that you need verification that yeah, music for tribal people is different because it's for ceremony. And how different is that from I guess the entertainment version, like the music we consume. But pick a better set list. Yeah, right? I'm gonna need I'm gonna need to see some Tina Turner up in the mix. Yeah, private uh, dancer. Start them off with some private, private dancer. dancer. Um, a song that's sad but has hints of just like ooh, like mystery. Not enough, not enough romance in this world. I think that's what I think. Play that. Let's see Perfect. what happens. 
Go in with uh, this Tina Turner. Just go in there with Tina Turner. Start it uh, with like a remix. Break a deal, face the wheel. And like just all her famous quotes from the Mad Max movie. Definitely. And then jump into Private Dancer and then there's not enough romance in this world. Yes. Those yes. are the only Tina Turner songs I can think of off the top of my head. Oh. Yeah, they're the only ones you need. What's the one about the children from Mad Max? That's super uh, weird. Yeah. Something. Turn it for the children. The, are the, the children of the future or something? Yeah. We're that. living in the future? Or, I don't know. Yeah, All I'm saying is definitely. if Tina Turner doesn't make a cameo in the new Mad Max film, I'm going to be pissed and I'm walking out of the theater. That would be amazing. Oh, man. that What a weird... Like, those... Th- All right. Dude. What are Bravehearts? Play the Bravehearts song and see what happens. S- start the Bravehearts. You're going to get change in the world. Oh. You play them Bravehearts, they're going to look at you, tears streaming, happy tears streaming from their face, and they're like, someone gets it. That's the universal song. That's the song I went and played everywhere. Change the world with Bravehearts. Braveheart, um, get some Nancy Newman in the mix. <laughs> like, get some Silvery Moons. I mean. Is that, okay, so the definitive Ramjack collection, the playlist we're sending out to the world for this woman mm-hmm. to change up her scientific game, because she's not going to get any traction with this. No. The bad science. She's doing bad science. All She's right? doing bad Let's science. Just... Start out with Bravehearts. Follow yes. up with Silvery Moons. Mm-hmm. And then take it home with some Tina Turner. Take it home with some Tina. There's like, not enough romance in this world. Or um, the song from Opportunity Knocks. Because I do love that song. Oh, Johnny Clegg? Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Crazy, crazy, cruel, beautiful world? Yes. Dude, Yes. I would... You would have to find someone who would dance to the Psycho song to not enjoy that th- those three songs together back to back to uh, back. It's a, that's a life altering set list. Picks. Solid picks. That's not uh, the downer. Science. I mean, this is what's yeah, wrong with science. They don't. No, it's, oh, it's, I know everything. I'm gonna make my own study. I'm gonna pick my own songs. You know what I've always liked? I've always liked dancing to the music of Schindler's List. <laughs> You know what puts a smile on my face? The soundtrack to Schindler's List. I couldn't stop um, in the theater. I just kept moving around. People thought I was crazy. I love track four, carrying the bodies out. <laughs> track seven, in the showers. Oh, I oh, I put it on track, just to work to. I, lo- I love track eight. A uh, shotgun from the bedroom. Like, that's it's just beautiful. It's beautiful, you know? Play it in the car. My kids hate it. Oh. They go to therapy twice a week. Don't know why. Their lives are perfect. <laughs> Fucking hell. I mean, I'm sure the soundtrack to Schindler's List is perfectly fine, but I don't, like, no. But, dude, I, I, again, you know it's depressing. Yep. Leaning into the Psycho song and then finishing up with the Star Wars. The Star Wars Cantina song, sure. That's a great, uplifting, fun song. Has a beat you can dance to it. You feel at ease. Sure. It just seems like a weird gamut. Hey, scientists, before you start talking, like doing research on music that's universally like accepted and what traits of music, maybe make sure your music tastes aren't already weird. <laughs> right? I mean, do a study to like yeah. find the music that people would want to listen to, not just your strange, your own personal playlist. Well, I had to pick songs I would like when I went out there. I would just make it so horrible as a, like a study for me. 
Oh, Alex, so let me ask you, uh, what's your favorite song? And then we'll find out, uh, you know. Um, do you prefer the song Krakow Ghetto Winter uh, 41? Okay. Um, Immolation, Auschwitz-Birkenau, or Give Me Your Names? Which, which of those four songs is your favorite song? <laughs> Give Me Your Names sounds like... It could go one or two ways, but just the way you said it. <laughs> Give me your names. Give me your names. Well, it sounds like someone is trying to like pick someone up at a club and they're being too forceful about it. Don't like that one. Okay. There was one about winter that might be pretty. Oh, Krakow Ghetto, Winter 41. Okay, never mind. What were the other two? Um, I also offered you... Uh, um, I also um, offered you sounds like an okay song title. Auschwitz-Birkenau. Nope. <laughs> All right. What's the um, last what one? About, what about immolation? Sure, that works. Okay, immolation. Let's let's hear a little sampler. Um, gonna unplug the headphones here. I would give anything if it was upbeat. <laughs> I was completely off base. base. Oh, hold on. <laughs> So uh, there's that. Yeah, that scientist. There's got to be a check and balance system. Run your ideas by your children first. They will tell you this is why I'm in therapy, mom. <laughs> your creepy weirdo music. <laughs> Great tune. It's it's got a it's you know it's got a nice beat, but it's hard to dance to. <laughs> uh. Your Western music sucks. Oh boy, it makes me depressed. <laughs> I can't dance to it. <laughs> Well, I mean, that was the most, out of all the songs you named, I chose the one I thought would sound the best, like, not as... Because you know the other ones are super sad. Give me your name? Mm Mm-mm. That could also be someone, like, forcing marriage upon someone else. Give me your name. But that could also be kind of sweet. I... I... So, like, immolation to you sounded like the the, the least upsetting? I don't know, dude. (laughs) You gave me some weird choices. All right, okay. It's cool. I'm just, I'm just like, uh, all right. It's cool. Like, yeah, that sounds like the least, uh, sure. Immolation. I love songs about people being immolated. Great. <laughs> it's really, you know. I was, I, you gave me four songs. I chose the one I chose. Hey, go with your heart. Go with your heart. Well, my whatever, heart would have been rave hearts. Whatever sets your heart on fire. Um, <laughs> I guess that would be the song to do it. Um, Alex, there's some people out there. That we have been away from for a while. True. Um, but, um, always, again, always in our hearts. Always in our hearts. Um, it's time to play a little Giving Advice the Game. And, of course, of course, we're going to be visiting back to our favorite website, LDS.net, um, to help some Mormons with some problems. Um, we're pulling questions from the advice forum on LDS.net. Just, just trying to, you know, get give some people some help that they need. Um, we got we got a question here from Imsters eighty five, and Imsters eighty five says, "Hi guys, I'm just an Imsters eighty five, um, attending a gay wedding. Hmm. What is the church's stance? My brother is openly gay and has been since college. He and his boyfriend are wanting to get married, but he is nervous about inviting LDS family members." 
which includes most of our immediate family. He has a positive relationship with our parents and the rest of us. That's it? That's it. Huh. That's- it's such a weird question, because he's- we're not with the brother who's nervous about inviting LDS family members. Um, he has a positive relationship with our parents and the rest of us in the immediate family. A positive relationship. Like, that's- I don't- I don't like the phrasing, has a positive relationship with our parents and the rest of us. That sounds a little- t it's- it sounds a little aloof, doesn't it? Yeah. Not like, um, we're fine with it. Um, he has a positive relationship with our parents and the rest of us. But the question is, what is the church's stance <laughs> about attending a gay wedding? Um, so already I'm calling shenanigans because it's not how do, what do, what do we do about the rest of these family members? It's about what's the church's stance? Hmm. Well, the church's stance, um, is that gay people shouldn't be married. Right? Mm -hmm. More or less, that's what the Christians have decided upon. Is that, is that wrong? Yeah, probably. Yeah, you should be nice on happiness. But, I mean, that's a straightforward fact question, right, Brad? But what's all... Yeah. But the th um, what's the church's stance on gay marriage? Here's the thing. Um, there's a gay guy inviting me oh, to their wedding. Uh, it's, it's not the... Again, it's not the church's stance on gay weddings. That's known. It's attending one. Oh, attending one. Attending one. Like, yeah, they shouldn't be getting married, clearly. That's an affront to uh, the Magic Sky God. But what about going to a gay wedding? Can I do that? I think you're fine. I Is think you're cool? fine. Is that cool? Um, well, um, old friend of the show, Polar Vortex, um, has some things to say. He has a lot of things to say, but I'm going to scroll down to the, the last paragraph of what he has to say. Um, regular readers of my post know that I follow Miss Manners a lot. <laughs> oh, boy. And her advice for these types of situations is very sound. Your brother should graciously invite whoever he wishes, and whoever receives an invitation should decide individually whether to attend. I hope the first ten rows of his side of the church are packed to the rafters. Alright, Polar Vortex. <laughs> cool. Okay, Polar. Ugh. Bleh. Um, he also says, I think it has a lot to do with laws. I would have no problem whatsoever discriminating against something illegal, such as refusing to attend a polygamous marriage. That doesn't mean I condone all activity that happens to be legal. Merely that I'd think twice before rejecting something that our society has declared legal, and then I'd raise the burden of proof. I oh, what? Wait a oh, minute. Vortex, you just talk a lot. Wait, maybe I didn't hear this correctly. Did he say something about how it's illegal to not attend a wedding? Of polygamist or something? Like, if you're invited, you have to go. It's illegal not to. I'm sure no. I heard that incorrectly, but... He, no, I don't... I, he just talks so much. It's like, it's unbearable. That's why... I, I, that's actually the only reason I pulled this, because I saw Polar Vortex was writing paragraphs upon paragraphs about it. <laughs> He's passionate Ugh. about... Whether you should attend homosexual weddings, packed he's to the rafters. Really, he's, oh, it's really like he's just like I hate to I I hate to be kind of in agreement with him. Like it's yeah yeah like just oh, don't don't be a Mormon. I guess I don't know. Like what do you tell this person? Like what's stop the saying, Brad? Uh, oh, be the hero, uh, live long enough to see yourself be the villain. <laughs> when you start agreeing with polar vortex, uh, I think that I know actually. I think the phrase you're looking for Alex, is "grow up and shut up." Uh, uh, grow up and shut up. Like, I just, like, why, I don't, like, I find it very upsetting, like, your, your weird aloofness towards your brother, um, I find it weird that you're questioning the church's stance on attending a gay wedding. 
I think it's like you're not asking like how do we get the family like to be okay with coming to the gay wedding or should we even invite the family it's purely a question of what is the official stance yeah. which is always weird to me with these Mormon questions because they're on good terms with it with the uh, yeah the gay guy right what, what's the word they use yeah they have a positive relationship I just, that's it's a still, weird it's, way to put that it also, that's a weird which, way to put anything he, uh, he is nervous about inviting LDS family members, which includes most of our immediate family. So again, we're talking about the immediate family alone here. He has a positive relationship with our parents and the rest of us. Why is it in that order? He has a positive relationship with our parents and the rest of us. Why are you and the rest of us? Because Why don't you say, he, um, I, I get along great with my brother. Um, also, you know, he's we're all fine, you know, my parents and the other brothers and sisters, I guess. I just don't, there's something about the ordering of that, this. That speaks to a gross antiquated hierarchy of your parents dictate what is acceptable mm. for you, even into a much later yeah. age. Yeah, I just, I, I mean, Imsters, maybe, and very likely, because you're posting on this site, you're a terrible writer. Um, maybe you're incapable of expressing your feelings in words. That's possible. But there's a coldness to this question that I don't like. <laughs> Agreed. Posi- Ugh, I don't like it. Go to a gay wedding. It's fun. Just do it. Yeah. Who cares do what it. the church thinks? Who cares what your parents think? What question. Kind of, what's how would you describe in the polarity of um, electrical charge <laughs> your relationship with your parents? Person writing this, would you mm. describe it as positive or negative? Mm. Question: Do you think if you've got an LDS gay wedding, is there an open bar or not an open bar? Mormons can't drink. No open bar. Well, there's an open bar of soft drinks or nice punches. Uh, I was going to say, better be caffeine-free or there's of not going to be... dude. All the different <laughs> oh, yeah. variations of Sprite you can drink. Sprite, 7-Up, uh, DNL. <laughs> God damn, that sounds like a fucking nightmare. What was the other... Is uh, club soda caffeine-free? I guess. I hate to be the bearer of bad news for the Mormons who may be listening to the show, but Ramjack is definitely not a caffeine-free zone. Brad has got Diet Pepsi presently. I'm drinking Coke Zero like it's going to stop uh, fountaining from the earth, which I just assume clearly <laughs> how it works. I struck Coke Zero in the backyard. I'm going to be a millionaire. If I could. If I could. Oh. I was digging I was in the backyard. And instead of a water hole, I found a Coke Zero spring. Oh, that's, that's how you make money in this day and age. You know, I was out digging the yard, uh, and I came across a mug root beer spree, and I was like, well, if it was 1993, I might really have something here, but... <laughs> but root beer springs are everywhere. They're a dime a dozen. It's, it's Especially in no Florida. Yeah. In the Panhandle? Oh, come on. It's root beer central. You know, they, they won't let you... Uh, you can't have basements in Florida because you're likely to hit root beer. Like, mm-hmm. Well, most of <laughs> root fact. beer... Most of root beer. Most of Florida... <laughs> Which was known as root beer a long time before mm-hmm. the the West came because the Indians yeah. just yeah root beer duh definitely it's it's only like half land and the rest of it's kind of like the Everglades which you don't mm. really know just below that surface of water because it separates mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. water weighs less than uh, root beer that's at the bottom of the bayou right definitely. I wish, I really wish, you know, I lived, um, uh, like, further north where we could, where we got into those, uh, um, those grape soda, um, aquifers. Oh, dude, those were good times. Like, the land, I mean, the land there is just amazing. Like, it's really, you know, it's really nice. 
I mean, I, the, the the weather and the people, not so great, but the land is really, you know, it's it's, it's good soil, good soil, yeah, near, yeah. you know, near the grape soda aquifers. Definitely. I mean, the word soda fountain couldn't mm. come from anything else. <laughs> oh, no. Its origins no, no. couldn't derive from anything other than a spring of water coming, yeah. a spring of soda coming up from the depths of the earth, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I've got, I've got, I, I, you know, I got a cousin that his land, like he's got, you know, one of these, he's, he's had, it's been in the family for generations, but he's got a natural Fanta, um, artesian well. <laughs> Brad, um, we're giving Mormons advice. We'll continue to do that, but I thought I would interject some, some advice that some nerds want. At least that's what they call themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, from uh, the video game centric website called Kotaku. Here they, here, here goes. Dear Ramjack, I just moved to a new state several months ago, and I'm finally, albeit very slowly, integrating myself into a new group of friends. I have a ridiculous crush on a girl in the group, who I will refer to as S. Problem is, she's completely out of my league. Mm. Oh boy. I've dated girls who were out of my league in the sense of physical attractiveness, but S is on a whole new level. She teaches music at a private school, is proficient, proficient in every musical instrument she touches, speaks at least two foreign languages, and I n- speaks at least two foreign languages that I know of, is extremely intelligent, and seems to have a great sense of humor. Plus, she's super adorable. I, on the other hand, <laughs> am an out-of-work animator who hasn't had a steady job in five months. I've been playing the guitar for 20 years now, and I still suck at it. I live with my aunt and uncle, and the most sexy thing I could say about me is that I own my own car. Basically, S is abnormally successful and talented, and my life is a joke. I'd like to ask someone else in the group for advice, but I'm afraid it would get back to S and make her uncomfortable around me, assuming she, assuming she isn't into me. But I really don't want to give up on this. Ugh. As un- <laughs> I already un- have a headache. Yeah, really. I But I really don't want to give up on this, as unreachable of a goal as it may seem. On the off chance, I might be able to pull it off. I don't know what he's referring, referring to as able to pull it off, but oh, I'm assuming he needs to Bamboozling her? Yeah. I'm pretty introverted, and I don't make friends quickly, so I don't want to alienate myself from anyone. I kind of feel like I'm in high school again. Should I take a risk and ask someone in the group if it's worth pursuing us? I should just cut my losses and move on. I, my real question is, how old is this dude? Because, yeah, I, it was like, what are you? It sounds like some high school bullshit. Um, like, what are you talking about? First of all, like, for whatever reason, she's willing to hang out with you apparently already. So, like, what's the issue? Your like, she apparently, apparently, she doesn't have like a better social life. So, what's the problem? Yeah. Like, you're already in the same social sphere. It's not like, what are you talking about? Like, I, uh, grow up, shut up. Like, just ask this girl out. Or don't. Yeah. It's, it's that easy. <laughs> yeah. Like, what are you talking about? This whole you don't want to, like, lose friend. Like, do it. What? I don't know. Are you going to make it super weird and awkward? Like, don't ask somebody out in a way that's super weird and awkward. How about that for a start? Cornering, uh, I, I think you should stop using words like as unreachable as a goal as it may Ugh. seem. Why is it a goal? Like, ugh. 
what's this weird like pedestal bullshit you're doing? Yeah, that's, that's weird, dude. All right, all right. Here's 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 what you should do. Here's what you should do. Um, you should uh, you know, be hanging out with your group of friends, and then um, you know, work up, and then like spend the entire evening just like thinking <laughs> about this, and really just working <laughs> yourself up. Um, and then like in a weird sweaty um creeper uh, moment, Heavy finally breathing. um. Oh uh, yeah, a lot of heavy Keep breathing. Keep your mouth open because um, if you don't, you're gonna hyperventilate. Definitely, it, but if you do hyperventilate, it's okay because you know whatever you got to do. Um, and once um you know everyone is kind of noticed that you're being a weirdo, um, take that moment because I mean really at that point you have nothing to lose. Um, uh, take that moment and pull her aside, and by aside I mean like. Like, like, I like leave like the location you're at with her, um, and walk like a really far away way because you don't want anyone else to hear, obviously, and you want her to have plenty of time to think about what's going on, and just like um, <laughs> take it to her as directly as you can, and really, you know, n- definitely get a solid yes or no um towards a possible uh, relationship could that could last the rest of your lives. I think that's the best way to go. Am I right? Get a definite solid yes or no before you leave the situation. Get a playlist on your iPod ready. There's three songs that are universal across the world that'll help here. Play play some Schindler's List. Let me rec- let me uh, recommend uh, Crackout Ghetto 41. Um, Followed up and- with that theme song from Psycho. Everyone knows mm-hmm. it. Get- yes, yes. Um, maybe you could do a mashup, <laughs> put them together. Um, and then what I want you to do is, um, when she says no, which she may at first, be ready for her to say that. Then the I want you. The first few times you do this, <laughs> then you just um, you no. know, you'll probably do some more hyperventilating, sure, but don't quite let her leave yet. Um, <laughs> then be like, yeah, 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 it's, it's cool, it's cool, it's cool, no big deal, it's no big deal. Um, it's cool, it's cool. Um. All right, and then shuffle off, but then shuffle back to her and be like, um, are you sure? Uh, and then try again immediately. Um, then disappear for a couple of days. Leave awkwardly, but then come back to the group and then ask to do it again. <laughs> Repeat until she moves to a different state. <laughs> Is this what you're looking for? Is this the advice you need? You That's fucking the- weirdo creep. <laughs> That's the advice that they're hoping for. Oh, that's what I was thinking. That's what I was thinking. That's what I was thinking. I got the songs picked out. I got my whole shirt wardrobe picked out, too. I can't wait. Why are you, like, making this such a thing? That's not helping. That's not helping at all, dude. Like... How about you be normal about everything? Yeah. Oh, maybe you could also, like, list off, like, the reasons why she shouldn't date you first. Go through this whole list. Like, hey, listen, I know that, um, I haven't been able to hold a job for months at a time. I know that I am completely unskilled at the guitar, even after years of trying. I know that I only speak this one dumb language not so well. Um... I know that I live with my aunt and my uncle. Like, just list all the things. Let's give give her all. Give let, set that up front because really, then it can, she can you can only look better in her eyes as time yeah. goes on. And get After, personal. Yeah, get tell her things that you don't tell other people. Like you wouldn't tell other people. Yeah, because if you definitely. share personal information, that makes someone else inclined to share it with you, right? Um, listen. Here's the thing. What you want is you want her to feel really sorry for you so then she'll feel like she has to go on a date with you yeah, and yeah, then yeah. then you can show her what a cool dude you are when you've guilted her into a date that she doesn't want to be on yeah 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 yeah. That, that's, that, how that's, 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 that's how it's gonna work that's how it's gonna work that's how it always works it always works so well that way 
<laughs> That's how it always works. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. Oh, fuck. I think Brad has said in so many words, grow up, shut up. <laughs> what are you doing, weirdo? Like, why can't people, like, do things right? Like, dude, I really wish I knew. I mean, because what you just described is pretty much, I, th- that hit it, I mean, because obviously Brad, critically acclaimed, award-winning, international, an internationally award-winning playwright. I mean, he's a man with words, he understands the people he talks to, and for those who didn't get the joke, who might have written into this, that hits that kind of person directly on the head. I mean, you mm. painted that person in such a realistic, that it's creepy, like, not creepy, mm. but it's just, it makes it more disturbing. Because that's a trend, that's an idea that, where did that come from? Where does that come from in society? Yeah. Other than, like, also a weird entitlement thing, but fuck that. Hi. Fucking creeps. Fucking creeps. And if that wasn't enough, you're in a new city. Um, yeah. There's tons of people. There's tons of people. There's all the people in the world. Well, all yeah. the people in the city. Hmm. <laughs> That's true. There are all the people in the city in that city. Well, <laughs> Unless cool. somebody leaves. Unless somebody leaves. And guess what? You may be able to drive this girl out of that city. You could do it. So if that's your goal, I mean, if you get like a if you get like a second level goal, like first level goal is to get this girl um, to like be willing to date you. Um, but if you got a second level goal of get her to leave the city, I think you're going to get one of those goals. Look, everyone knows that if for some reason someone does not want to pursue a relationship with you and you're their friend, one of you has to leave the city. That's how it works. Yeah, you, you like really everything should be one hundred percent. Like it should you should either be, like be getting married or you should burn that fucking bridge to the ground at all times. Yeah. Because really, what why would you like want like a friendship when you could either be banging or never seeing each other again? Like those are the two options, right? Yeah, I think. I mean, that's what I learned on I Belvedere. <laughs> that's Kevin's. That's, yeah, that's Kevin's mo. Yeah, that's how it works. So, I mean, stick with those guns and um, ethics and games journalism all the way. Um, You you fucking creep. What are you doing? Ugh, worse. Grow up, shut up. He just moved to a new city. This has happened before. He's had to move (laughs) from a city because... (laughs) Definitely, definitely. Gets back to the Mormons, man. They're they're set of problems except for the whole gay wedding thing. Uh, often yeah. is more adorable. I, I, well, uh, like, leading off of that, um, oh, here's God. a question. Oh, no. Um, what do you say to families in shameful incidents? <laughs> oh, no. Hi, guys. I'm just a backroads. <laughs> <laughs> a childhood friend is in big trouble with the law. Jail time. A pretty Ooh. big deal. I also grew up with his wife. His mother is in my ward. Is there a way to support the family? Question mark. Specifically? Question mark. Is it best to approach them? Question mark. Give space? Question mark. <laughs> oh, Alex. What do you do when you got a child friend and is in trouble with the law? Big time. I'm, I'm a little confused on the relationships. You've got a friend from childhood mm-hmm. and their family. They are now in trouble with the law. Right. And He's like, a friend is in trouble with the law. Um, it's pretty big deal. How do you approach um, he, the family? Um, she also grew up with his wife, so grew up with his wife. Um, and his mother is in her ward. So how's she gonna support that family specifically? And is it best best to approach them or to give space? This is a weird series of questions. Hmm. In a situation, I'm not sure I understand. 
Well, um, let's 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 break let's it down. Let's, let's think about it, it. Let's think about it. All right, well, so a friend from childhood, a, a, a close friend from childhood. Um, I'm trying to think of the most amusing person I could think of to actually name at the moment, but I'm I'm really drawing some blanks here. Um, um, go on. I can't. I, like I, I'm like really like blank. Like, well, who is anyone from our? We can't youth. delve into our childhood because some of those people may actually be in trouble with Paul. I know that's I mean, why I thought it would knows? be funny. Who knows? Um, um, all right, Dustin James. Dustin James um, went on a murdering spree. Um, Makes sense. He was the only person who jammed out to the Psycho theme song every moment he could. Oh, so wait, weird. No, that's scratch that. Scratch that. You know, Dustin James. He's cleared of all charges. Cleared of all charges. Um, <laughs> That was sudden. Okay. Yeah. Right. Turns out he was a frame up. It was frame. He was framed by a. Uh, it was um, a frame up. It was straight up frame it was up. A frame up. You see? Yeah. He was framed by that woman always chasing him around. His he own was... lame Wendy. Mm, uh, um. No, he was framed by Stephen Farrell. Makes so sense. Stephen Farrell uh, went on a murder spree, like straight up murder spree. Alex, uh, like, can you believe that Stephen Farrell went on a murder spree? It's very upsetting. I cannot. He was actually part of my church youth group, and he was mm. a, he was, seemed like a solid guy. Right. You're you all, me you also crazy. know his wife. You know his wife that we went to school with. I do know his wife that we went right. to school with. So and 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 her mother is also uh, um oh his mother is also a ward in the church. So I'm sorry, uh, you lost me on that last one. I have no. I, I haven't um, been to church in a long well, time. Listen, uh, listen. His mom's also goes to the church. Just deal with it. Um, so, like, you you know this whole fam. You're in yeah. It I do know. Them. I do know the whole fam. I do know the so, whole fam. So um, now he's in jail for these murders that he he had he had framed Dustin James for. Um, so what are you gonna do when you see this fam? Should you give him space? Should you approach them at all? Specifically, what are you gonna do to support them? Um, I would probably treat them like any other person I would meet. Hi. Really? What? what? I haven't seen you guys in a while. What's going on? Cool, hmm. cool. I heard Steven's in prison now. What's that about? <laughs> Did you see it coming? Take a I seat. I thought it was Justin James. Look, you know, I, what, what caused him to do it? Did you do it? Did you Did you push him to it? What happened? <laughs> Let's get, get, I think I'd get real with it. Just go in there and see what's up. Hmm. The best way to help people is to help them confront their fears. And for them not to talk about it, is a way of them kind of like getting away with it. Hmm. I like it. I like it. <laughs> if if you're like if you don't mention it to them it's like we got away with it. It's we true. Don't, they got away with it. I want to know like why like how close a friend is this because like you're talking about like the friends in jail but you're talking about like the wife and like the moms I feel like this person is like I feel like they're just all up wanting to get up in the drama. Like you don't really talk to them. You no. haven't seen, spoken to them in forever. You just heard there's drama. Like oh my god, I can't believe he's in jail. That's crazy. I'm gonna go see if I can offer some support to the family slash try to get up in that drums. Yeah. Hmm. Totally weird. It is weird yeah. because Brad used an example from our childhood, like someone we went to school with, and someone that you know through my Jizo days, I actually did. I mean, the relate Brad hit it right on point. Well done. Mm-hmm. I, I knew all of that. But in all seriousness, if I saw them on the street and the fiction that Brad just brought up, because I, I don't think that Stephen is a murderer. Well, nor do I think that he's <laughs> contemplating it. I didn't. Th- I, I didn't think Dustin James was a murderer, but they almost had me convinced. <laughs> <laughs> but you quickly learned the jury quickly like, no, 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 no. He's not. He's not. He's not. He's upstanding. Upstanding man. Um, but if if I'm gonna be real. I wouldn't say anything. I'd just be like, hey, what's yeah. up? Because 
that has nothing to do with them necessarily. I mean, sure, if I was a different person, I would want to make it awkward like I just uh, joked about, but no. And I don't know why I'm treating this a little bit more seriously. Maybe it's because I do know Steven, and yeah, I hope he yeah. gets cleared of those charges. Um, dude, but I think Alex, you're right. This person's just trying to start drama, so you have to get big, them in a false sense of security if you want that drama to hit like mm-hmm. high levels. you got to bake something and take it over to them. They're, bake the favorite cookie of the person who got incarcerated and be like, I brought over your oh. favorite. I brought over his favorite. Oh, I'm sorry. I I just misspoke. I'm just so used to. So what happened? I, see, I thought you were gonna say bake a cake with a file in it. <laughs> that would be funny too. Bake a I cake with a file in it, and as you're cutting into it, be like, I hope this helps. Is it an idea? I just do it. <laughs> um, Alex, I think the bigger question, the bigger question is, who do you think is a little more likely to go on a killing spree, Dustin James <laughs> or Stephen Farrell? I don't know. I don't want to oh, say that. Oh, come on. Come on, say it. You're on the podcast live. Come on. Who's it going to be? Who do you live. Gonna kill? Who do you think is more likely to kill, Alex? Um, They're never going to hear this. I don't know. I refuse yes, to answer. Do. Yes, who, do you you do. Th- who do you think? You, you, Alex, who's, who is it? You tell say me it. first. Say it. Who do you think is more likely to kill? I think we kill? both know who is, Brad, but you got to say it. I want you to say Dustin it. Dustin James I, is a killer. He's a killer. He's going to kill them all. Look, when we sit at that lunch table... <laughs> There's something about him. No, I don't think it was killer though. I think it was something else. I, I think this is. I think this is next level. I think Dustin James framed Stephen Farrell to frame him as a murderer. Whoa, whoa. Hmm. Hmm. The plot thickens. Hmm. It's getting real. It's getting fucking real. <laughs> I really, I, I really had to stretch to think of people we went to school with. I was like, I can't remember anyone. <laughs> really? <laughs> wow. Um. Yeah. Grow up and shut don't, up. Let, let, get people, let, let people have their own business. If they come to you, sure, but don't make it awkward. Why do you got to be up in someone's business? Why do you got to know? Like, what did this person do? They're in trouble with the law. They might go to jail, but the jail very different than prison. Like, what are they doing? Yeah. Quit being nosy. It's so weird. Like, get out of their business, weirdo. Yeah. Duh. Brad, wait, I got another question from the nerds that we need your help solving. All right. What's up, Ramjack? I have some issues at work. Over a year ago, I met a wonderful girl abroad. Nothing happened at the time, but I really enjoyed talking with her, and we talked on a daily basis after I got back to my country. We never talked about each other's relationships. I know she had a boyfriend at the time. As we continued talking, we fell in love, and she even left her previous boyfriend. In the following months, a new girl at the office was hired, and we became friends. I must say that this girl was especially nice to me, but my foreign friend and I decided to become boyfriend and girlfriend. Of course we knew it would be hard because of the distance, but I love her, and she oh. even came to my country to visit me. She came to visit, yeah, she came on vacation, cool. A few weeks What's later... Up, vacation boyfriend? <laughs> Some loving had me a black... Yeah, yeah, you're... You're, yeah, this I'm is over in a month. It. Already calling it. Vacation boyfriend, not a real boyfriend. Vacation. <laughs> a few weeks later at the company event, at a company event, the new girl that was hired at the office told me that she liked me. And since I was a little drunk, we started making out. She told me that she was aware of my current relationship status and that she didn't care. I feel guilty. You don't, you're not, you don't have a current relationship status. Yeah, you're a vacation boyfriend, dummy. <laughs> yeah, you have a vacation girlfriend. Like, it's not a... You, yeah, all right. I felt guilty about uh, guilty about what happened, but started to have Ugh. nice feelings about the new girl. And we yeah, even went out there. a couple of times. Oh, you went out? Because, like, you're both humans in the same place. Yeah, yeah. Of course I told my foreign girlfriend that I was not sure about our relationship, and she felt horrible. Because you don't so, have a relationship. Like, and so did I. 
since I have mixed feelings. What's the mixed part? <laughs> the new girl was nice. But she said something that made me upset. She said, if you don't make a decision, I will make mine, and you're going to regret it. Now, that's a threat. I don't, I, I don't know what... I, I, I don't... But that's, like, a dangerous threat. That's not, like, a relationship threat. The way that she worded that, you're going to be... Well, no, that's dead. just... That's a reality, because, like, if if you leave, like... If, if girl that you like that's there, if you choose not her for vacation girlfriend, um, you're gonna regret it, because guess when you see vacation girlfriend? Vacation. You don't see her again. You were one off. There's, you'll go on a vacation once a year if you're a vacation, if you're in that crowd. She's gonna get a new boyfriend every year, dude. Yeah. Did she go you to, see her, has she gone on two vacations? Maybe. Like, she gets one vacation, you get a vacation, like, um, cool, you get to spend it together, like, Cool, that sounds like garbage. No, like, that's not a thing. No, that's no. Nope, nope, nope. At that moment, I was very confused, and I couldn't make up my mind until she asked me, Are you in love with this other girl? I replied, Yes. Then she asked me, In that case, what do you want me for? I was like, Shit. You're right, go Wait, away. Which one is which one is he in love with? He's in love with Vacation Girlfriend. Vacay that's Girl. Dumb. Alright. I replied yes, and then she asked me, In that case, what do you want me for? I was like, shit, you're right, go away. After that, she told me to forget what she had said and give her a chance. <laughs> mm. I refused, and she stopped talking to me and told a friend of mine that I was a jerk. But she stared at me whenever we were in the same room at work. <laughs> Listen, she played, she, like, she took a gamble, and, like, it didn't pay off, but I respect her for it. She's like, listen, you need to make a decision. And he's like, alright, I'm choosing the other one. Ah, damn it. Uh, well, alright, 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 backtrack, 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 alright, we can look, keep look, doing look. this. Look, look, but, look. Because, like, I mean, I think she was, she was factoring on the fact that he would not be so dumb as to stick with Vacation Girlfriend, because it's not a real girlfriend. Um, but she wasn't counting on the fact that he's a real dummy. Alright, here's the thing. Since a couple of months ago, the situation has become unbearable. Since the new girl has been transferred to my department, reporting to me. Uh-oh. Well, well, then you couldn't date. Like, you need to talk to HR, because, like, that's not a thing you can do. You can't have someone that you kind of, like, had a thing with, like, reporting to you. She has made some comments like, You have beautiful eyes, and I like you. To which I've replied... <laughs> to which I replied, don't bother me. Uh, but we still have to work together. She told me once that she wanted to go out with me, and I immediately said no. Look, before I finish, I must say that I recently got engaged with my foreign girlfriend. Really? Uh, where, and we are really happy. Live? Is she moving here or are you moving there? What's happening? Because guess what? That's dumb. <laughs> I told the new girl that I'm going to get married, and she asked me not to tell her those kinds of things. But oh I didn't boy. mean to upset her. The main problem is that she keeps texting me, saying things like, I really like you, and I have feelings for you, even though you're a jerk. I honestly don't know what to do about, uh, I don't know what to do with this girl. Um, here's a message to that girl. He's not a jerk, he's just dumb. He's like, mad dumb. Like, your boss is soups dumb. <laughs> 
I honestly don't know what to do with this girl. Also, I'm starting to feel really uncomfortable at work because her attitude towards me, because of her attitude towards me. Yeah. She is really childish. Every time I don't react to her flirting, she gets mad and makes work harder for everyone. Because, like, it's super dumb that you, like, chose the wrong one. Like, I mean, like, like you shouldn't be... You shouldn't have somebody reporting to you that you kind of had a thing with, first of all. Like, you should you should have not... You should have, like, disclosed that, talked to HR, and, like, not let that, like, transition happen. Um, because... Oh, it's so dumb. Like, you've done so many dumb things. You're the worst. Also, you're not engaged. That's fake. Like, you don't even know each other. Like, what are you talking about, dummies? How long is this engagement? How long is this engagement going to be? We don't know enough about VK Girlfriend to really make a decision one way or the other as far as what her intentions are. No. But I will say this dude's kind of weird. What's up, green card girlfriends? Is that, is that the situation going? VK Girlfriend can turn into green card girlfriend in a heartbeat. Hmm. Be careful. Hmm. Hmm. Next thing you know, you find yourselves teaching in Mexico. Shout out to Mike Miller. (laughs) (laughs) Mike Miller. Shout out to Mike. (laughs) Full disclosure, Mike Miller's awesome. His wife's super awesome as well. Yeah, they're Um, both really great. Listen to to that episode that I recorded at the Creation Museum. But, uh, I mean, come on, bamboozled. He's living in Mexico now. That's not what he signed up for. He seems perfectly happy, but still, bamboozled. <laughs> he seems re- he is happy. He would go in his Facebook group, um, but yeah, bamboozled, straight up bamboozled. Hmm. Um, I will say this: it's super lame for you to reject someone and then them constantly be like, "I mean, this is the same as that other guy that we just made fun of," and the fact that if you don't succeed, try, try again. Nope. No means no. Stop. Granted, this dude's an idiot for choosing vacay girlfriends, uh, aka green card girlfriend, aka bamboozled girlfriend. Mm. But that's his choice. Respect it. Yeah. You had yeah. other options. This dude can't be the top of the chain. There's other Definitely dudes in not. your city. Yeah. Brad, are there any more Mormon questions, or are we yes, done? Yes, we got uh, one last Mormon question Let's get here. Some, yeah. Um, temple dishonesty. Hi guys, I'm just an Alice09. I'm really scared on how things will go. Uh Uh-oh. I've just returned from serving on a mission, and I'm troubled with things, and I'm going to talk with my bishop about this. Before serving on a mission, I've had problems regarding pornography and masturbation. I did my best to repent, praying, fasting, reading the scripture, but didn't confess this to my bishop. I was doing good. I got endowed. And a few months before my mission, I did again. Twice. I felt really bad about it. And started praying for forgiveness day and night. Oh boy. Reading my scriptures, but still never told it to my bishop. I felt like that is all I needed to do. Dash. Pray for forgiveness. I haven't done again, and on... I feel like this is like Christopher Walken talk. <laughs> Read it like I'm an Alice wrong. 09. Haven't done again, and on my mission. But now it troubles me that what I did wasn't fully forgiven. It felt like I was only... I was one telling myself I'm forgiven. Can't shake it off, and I didn't... And I decided to talk to my stake president... Us bishop about it. Now I'm afraid on what action would be taken. Would I be excommunicated? Oh, this is some really just some choppy little sentences here. Because um, I entered the temple unworthily, then that I decided for myself that I was forgiven and haven't confessed to my bishop my sins 
R, cause, C-O-Z, cause I did it again even after getting endowed, question mark? I've really changed, stopped doing those things, and I'm really worried on what disciplinary action I am going to face. I really need your thoughts. Help me. Whoa. Hmm. This is a tough one. Um, you don't feel forgiven because you feel like you're the one who forgave yourself? Newsflash, you are the person that forgave yourself. It's not real. This whole weird thing about forgiveness and sin isn't real. It's in your head. It's not real. You are the one who gives you yourself permission to do it and not do it. You are the god in your head. Like, it's all in like this all like pornography and masturbation. Like, what are you talking about? Ugh, Alice want, 09, get it together. Alice, look, what Ramjack has done is we've gotten you a, a spot on a Japanese show. It's a reality show. Oh boy. We know that you, we know that the, the Lord has gifted you um, with beautiful vocal cords. Um, we need to get you on the song to sing. It's a little different. There's a little weird stuff that happens on it, but don't worry about it. I think you'll enjoy it. Guys, seriously, if you haven't seen, I posted this video in the Ramjack Facebook group. Um, there's a crazy fucking Japanese game show where, like, the point of the show, it's a karaoke game show, and, like, these dudes are just trying to, like, sing karaoke. Um, twist part, um, there's, like, a foxy lady that is manipulating their genitals. Um, as they try to sing, and the whole idea is for them to, like, keep it together and get through the song. I don't, I, I don't understand, I guess, the humor or what, how the show is supposed to work. I watched part of it because Brad posted it on the Facebook group, and it's disturbing. Now, okay, now we can say it's, it's as, it's as simple as what it sounds like. Yes. But at the same time, we know reality shows, there's casting sessions involved. And in this particular really? show, I guess the humor is the fact that they cannot finish the song without, it's kind I of guess, hilarious. a weird climax. Yes. Yeah. And the, another it's question amazing. is, if they don't climax, what does that mean for them and the society? Mm. Um... Mm. What if they have no problems? Do they cut those out? Or they're like, oh, this guy can really sing. He must he must not like women. And then a dude comes out and starts jack, like uh, yeah. a straight-up J.O.S.H.? I don't know. It's pretty kooks. It's kind of it's kind of crazy. Yeah. But I think Very. this is the perfect show for a certain someone <laughs> to go on to and just, I don't know, grow up and shut up a little. I don't... Yeah. I don't... Like, you shouldn't... Your gods... It doesn't matter. It's not real. It's so... Why... It, it always bothers me that a bunch of... Like, one of the big things in most tenets of Christianity is you can't masturbate. And I don't understand why that is. It seems silly. It's bullshit. Like I'm sure the it, Bible talks about it and says it's wrong to do that. It's wrong to spill seed and when it's not in a woman. But the Bible says a lot of crazy shit. Yeah. Like... It's so kooky. Like, what are you talking about? What are you it's gotten, talking about? This It's something that weighs so heavily on this dude. It's consumed his life. He lives in fear of it. Uh, worst. Worst. It wor is the worst. Like, 
listen, take spend less time worrying about this and spend more time learning how to put together a sentence. That's my advice. There you go. In fact, that's my advice to everyone that's posting on a forum. Like, if whatever you're concerned about is more important than, like, learning how to properly construct a sentence or express your thoughts with words, then maybe post what you have to say. Otherwise, just go back to the grammar books. Because, like, you're not doing it properly. Yeah. Straight up to do you know? Do you know how and when to use an ellipses? Cool. All right. Well, that's a start. Do, do you know? Do you know where nouns and verbs go? Okay. Cool. Do you get punctuation at least vaguely? All right. Well, then maybe you can post your question. You should have to take a grammar test before, when you become a member of a forum. There you go. Definitely. That actually Definitely. Would be, That's actually not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea. That's actually a wonderful idea. It's a good idea. It's a great idea. How do we market that? How do we build that into a chat service? I just think like you have like a, a thing pop up like a, like a captcha, but it's like a, just a question. It's like, hey, before you uh, post this, are you sure that you have a basic understanding of grammar and sentence structure? Maybe you want to go back and try again. That would be great. Let's just do like that. A, just like take a moment. Just take a moment to think about it. Let's build a plugin for that. Let's do it's it. It's called it's called Riffraff Cutter. Hmm. Riff like Raff Cutter. All the Mormons, all the nerds. Oy. If we weren't here to help them, Brad, who would? I don't know. I don't know. Guys, before we get into Perfect Strangers and the amazingness that is uh, a puffy raisin cereal, mm. our raisin poofs, I, I have a recommendation for a television show to watch. It's streaming on Netflix presently, and that would be Undercover Boss. Really? Not for the reasons you might assume, friend. All right. For those who may not, or who may have missed this show, the CEO, or someone high in a company normally, goes undercover um, in an elaborate costume within their company to uh, see what's up at the lower level. White collar meets blue collar. And let me tell you, it gets crazy. And at the end of it, there's a big reveal where they bring in the white collar workers that worked with... uh, the uh, white collar in disguise. The blue collar worker. This is that worked with the. Yeah. My apologies. You're right. I knew and I said it wrong. Getting your collars. I'm getting my collars mixed up. And that's the danger. That's mm. what people worry about. Actually, is that the blue will bleed into the white and make it an off white. Mm. Trickle down. That's trickle up. Trickling. Um. But no. <laughs> At the oh, end boy. of the show, uh, the spies, <laughs> the corporate spies, <laughs> uh, reveal themselves to the blue-collar workers and says, Ha-ha! I have tricked you! I am actually the leader of this fine corporation, and here's what we discovered. And what happens next has changed over the course of the television show. Nice. So used to be in season one, uh, I'm gonna have to do with something else other than collars, because it's confusing me in my head, and I don't know why. Sure. But anyway, okay, so the white collars would take, they would bring the blue collars out and say, look, working beside you, it's great. You're a wonderful asset to the company. And you're right, things should change. And I want you to know that because of you, this has changed. And then, of course, they would go to a camera with a blue collar and they'd say, you know what? It's awesome that the boss came down to our level and really I, I saw a problem. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of, like, bullshit, like, putting in sob stories, like, 
Oh, well, <clears throat> Ma Mabel here's had a real tough time. Like her daughter, like has leukemia, and she's working uh, extra shifts and also this to to get money to help with keep the kid alive and zip zob zib. And they just really play up those angles, and it was like over. They the really top. do. Um, but what what has happened since the first season? You can track it pretty easily. Is that some CEOs or some of the white collars decided to just give lavish gifts to the blue collars that they would uh, come across on their travels, <laughs> on their adventure, if you will. Right. So Mabel, who's been worried about the leukemia, will suddenly get like twenty five thousand dollars, no questions asked. Thank you for being awesome. And of course, Mabel is thinking, what the fuck? This is awesome. So the show has now become basically more of a conservative's wet dream in the fact that it is bootstraps to the most most part. Mm -hmm. Someone who's super rich goes down and has to really work with the blue collar and just like, get all in it. Like, oh, gross. Ugh. And at the end, they get to say, look, because you get to do this every day, trickle down for you in particular. Fuck the rest of the company. I don't give a shit. And it's gone from, we're going to change things to, hey, you get a cruise. And hey, you get a brand new car. Um, all, of this, all of this comes to a head on an episode that everyone should watch. And uh, that is the one where the CEO of Diamond Resorts um, decides to give a tour of his hotels. And let me tell you, it is one of the most priceless episodes of television ever. Because this guy is a character. He talks with his jaw a lot and will just have his mouth open at any given moment. The camera nice. will show him and he'll just mouth gaped open. And it makes him talk weird. Here's the best part. Um, after that first episode, the next season, he got another episode, which has never happened. And everything that's weird about him in the first episode isn't there. It's like he demanded to come on Ooh. again just so he could like show people, look, I'm not weird. I can keep my mouth closed and talk. <laughs> I'm not an asshole or a jerk. <laughs> Look at me. But this guy is addicted to it. Like, you can, you can tell that he begged them, not only for the fact that he wanted to come back on, but that he must be doing this on his own throughout the rest of his life. Like, he is now a spy. You've, guys, you've got to watch this. He goes to such, He gets his ears pierced in the second episode. He fixes his hair. Oh, He's like, boy. look, in the first episode, they had me looking like a they had me looking like a doll. I don't like that. I brought in my own makeup artist. My doctor came in and pierced my ears. It's like, why did your doctor come in and pierce your ears? You know, I, this is not really uh, what I do. I'm not a I'm I'm a doctor. I, um, if you have got a cold, I'll be great. But I, I don't really know how to pierce ears. So much money. He just throws it out too. He hooked this one guy up. At one point, there's this uh, air condition or this, I guess, maintenance man, and he kind of plays a trick on him because they think that they're doing some other reality television show. So he plays a trick where he makes this um, um, uh, air conditioning unit like basically catch on fire, and it's something that is harmless really to the air conditioning unit. It's just if there's oil in this tube that they're blowtorching off. Of course, that oil can catch on fire, but it's harmless. Um, so a fire erupts, and the CEO freaks out a little bit. And the guy says, I was just kidding with you, dog. And, of course, he has his own sob story. So this guy hooks him up. Like, he says at the reveal, he says, what's your mortgage? I know that you had that business deal that you had ran south, and you're in over your head for $200,000. What's your mortgage? And the guy's like, it's like 150000 He's like, done. 
And the dude says, are you fucking kidding me? And he's like, 150,000 to your mortgage, no more mortgage. I'm also just gonna give you $50,000 right now because you showed me so much about my company. And the dude is obviously overwhelmed, which is a huge step up because there's another episode that kind of happens in tandem. And this is what's awesome about this episode, besides the fact that, um, I guess the meta-narrative is conservative bootstraps. Right. Everyone will cry, every conservative would cry watching this show, and it's like, oh, and, they, and of course the sob, sto- sob stories, which are fucking ridiculous, fuck that shit. But you watch that episode where the diamond dude hooks everyone up, is super into it, and then you watch an episode where there is, I can't remember what the name of the company is, but it's basically Hooters in Texas. I think it's called Twin Peaks or something. I'm not 100% sure. Um, the CEO brings this girl in and says, you're on Overcover Boss. Her eyes light up like, yes, money, 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 money. It's happening. <laughs> and he says, when I was in uh, the restaurant, you young lady had a really dirty mouth. And it goes back to her in the restaurant basically just swearing like any person would. Uh, right. Because, like, she's being buddy-buddy with people. I mean, it's not bad, but it's in a family restaurant. She's like, oh, my God. He says, if you can if you can stop swearing in the store for a month, I'll give you $5,000. And she looks at him like, that's it? <laughs> that other guy got a brand new freezer, a, subs- a subscription for life to the Steak of the Month Club, and a brand new truck over, I want to say, what was it, eighty or $120,000? And you're just going to give me five grand if I can't swear for a month? Gross. I would quit right there. Except $5,000 you could probably use, but still. Yeah, but the, but the, but you can't swear. Ugh, it's like, fuck, fuck you. you. <laughs> Brad, it's a show that's awesome. And that's the best part of watching later seasons, because when people find out they're an undercover boss, their eyes light up, and then it's either awesome or it's horribly disappointing. Like the one lady who's like, yeah, it's great that they donated $10,000 in my name to the charity that I like. <laughs> and it's just like, it's <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, by the way, um, I could have surgery that I can't afford. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Wish I got insurance. Hmm. I mean, guys, my sub story was the surgery I needed and now $10,000 to the charity that I, that I do. I- oh, cool. The cancer charity is getting a $10,000 donation to my name. Cool. By the way, <laughs> sorry, I'm dying. Guys, <laughs> can't afford got, the meds. Mm. You got to get on this show. It's so awesome. And nice. the other thing is that the bosses are always paranoid that they'll get discovered. And no one knows who these people are. <laughs> yeah, nobody knows. Nobody cares. <laughs> they're in disguise. And granted, in many cases, horrible. And they're like, I'm just afraid they're going to know who I am. They're going to, someone's going to out me. And they almost never know. Yeah. Like, there's very rare occasions. I was watching one today. My girlfriend and I were watching one for 1-800-Flowers. And the guy was really worried this guy would recognize him. And they were out on the street because he wanted to get away. Like, hey, 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 let's go. Let's go put these flowers in, like, the truck or whatever. I'll help you do it. And on the way to the car, the guy says, hey, do you, do you recognize recognize me and the guy looks at him and then says like frank like out of time he's like is that you and he's like yeah you know you recognized me you recognized me and he's like well i probably wouldn't have if you hadn't said anything uh, uh. <laughs> it's so funny i you gotta get on it and it definitely that diamond dude i really think he needs his own show i want him to start going undercover for the other bosses <laughs> Just give the show to him, and he'll just give people gifts. He's fine. Like, he just throws money out. 
There was a, a customer complaint, not complaining, but a little bit concerned because they didn't get enough discounts and they were supposed to get member discounts to something. And the people at the hotel said, well, ma'am, no, um, you misinterpreted it. And he's like, that's crazy. That's what we're about. Everything, your whole thing is comped. And she says, what? My whole wedding at this place is comped? He's like, yeah, whatever it is, doesn't matter. It's comped. And she starts crying and it's like, it's, you got to check it out, guys. Yeah. Wow. You got to get on it. Brad, um, I know there was something you wanted to talk about or another show, but before we do that, how much money would it take from uh, a white collar to get you to not swear for a month? <laughs> if they said no dirty bad words, and I'll I give you X amount on, of money. I, I, on, principle, on principle, what would you say? On principle, I would tell them to go fuck themselves. <laughs> like, because... <laughs> Like, you just what threw are you away, talking about? You just threw away $200,000. Shame on you and your dirty bad words. I, I got... That's so that, awful. Like, no, you can't. It's horrible. I mean, I guess you... Like, I guess the thing to do is just lie and then take their money. Because how are they going to prove it? Seriously. I mean, that's... Ugh. Worst. Like, I, um... Um, I would just say, all right, before we uh, get into this agreement, I just want to say, uh, uh, fuck your arbitrary, uh, language restrictions on principle. Second of all, um, how much money are we talking about? Because I, maybe, maybe I'll take your money. Is it going to be enough money that I can quit this job and never have to work for you again? Because then, yeah, maybe I'll consider that for a month. <laughs> they do follow-ups sometimes on, uh... Undercover boss, and I don't think anyone's left the company yet because they don't. I mean, they don't give him that much. Well, that one guy gave that dude a ridiculous amount of money, but God, what if he was like, ah, oh, I was planning on quitting, and now I kind of got to stick with the company for a little while, otherwise it's gonna look bad. Yeah, a lot of people oh. do that. There was a massage parlor that a lot of people are like, I'm probably gonna quit. This sucks. That same guy, the diamond guy, ended up giving another dude $100,000 for 10% of a share because that guy was like, look, I really want to own my like electric company. Uh, it's something my dad did. Now I really want to take up that mantle, but I just don't have the money. I'll never be able to do that. And dude's like, I'm going to give you the money to do it. That's crazy. That's crazy. Just $100,000 right there. Boom. Oh, I mean. Do it. Yeah. All I'm saying is, if you work for the diamond hotels... You could, the odds are, you could just random, if someone looks weird, it might be your boss undercover. And he might be just willing to give wild amounts of money for any sob story you give. Yeah, boy, that's a thing. Um, so, I recently watched the uh, uh, Scientology documentary, uh, Going Clear. Yes. Uh, have you watched this? Yeah, I watched it. Me and my girlfriend watched it not too long ago. Yikes. Yikes, yikes, yikes. Terrifying. Like, it is upsetting. Like, there's some stuff that I had not heard before. Like, it's really creepy. And also, like, I've never seen... I don't think I've ever actually seen uh, footage of L. Ron Hubbard. That's the creepiest um, part, dude. He is a weirdo. No one's gonna follow that guy. <laughs> no. Absolutely not. Like, he's such a fucking weirdo. Um, like, you guys, if you haven't seen this, you need to see it. Because, like... It is, it's, I mean, we all know Scientology's insane, but, like, and we all know it's a cult, but, like, like, the levels of, like, insanity, like, like, the, like, just, like, the whole Sea Org, like, I heard about the Sea Org stuff before, like, these assholes that are getting paid 40 cents an hour tops to, like, do, like, manual labor and shit, but, like, yikes, 
And, like, the fact that, um, and they go into a lot about Tom Cruise, and now Tom Cruise is, like, pretty much gets, like, Sea Orgs to, like, do shit for him. They're, like, doing landscaping for him. He's not just a guy that's in a cult. Tom Cruise is a bad guy. I don't, and I never really understood what those people are getting out of it other than what a cult person would. Like, hey, my leader or the, the top people in this club that I'm in, I'm allowed to spend time with them, I guess? Like, because Scientology is all about... I mean, it's kind of like Buddhism in the way that you try to end the suffering of your past lives, kind of. Mm-hmm. Which is actually, like, part of the mythos of Buddhism. A lot of people say, you can be Buddhist in other religions, and Buddhism isn't crazy. Well, yeah, if you follow a lackluster version of it that's not really rooted yeah. in its original. Buddhism is equally crazy, guys. It's about yeah. ending all of your suffering from past lives so that you can end your suffering here and then never exist again. Yeah. And anything beyond that is just other stuff you've added to it later. Scientology is like that. You've got to stop your in, until you're clear, right? Yeah. And then there's different levels of being clear, and you get magic powers as it goes up. Oh, but what's boy. the end game? I don't... I never heard what the end game of it was, I guess. Well, it's also... There's, like, so much secret bullshit going on. And it's not just, like, the Buddhism thing of, like, um, yeah, you're, like, repairing yourselves and your past lives and your future lives and becoming clear. It's also... You're working towards fixing the world. It's also got this, like, bigger implication of you're healing the world through this bullshit. Um, so it even tries to take it to, like, a next level. But it's so kooky and, like, so secretive and, like, culty. That, yikes, 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 yikes. My favorite part is when, after Elron Hubbard escaped to the coast <laughs> and got on his boat and started gallivanting around the Mediterranean, like, after that, there was, I think, a British, um, I think BBC or someone did an interview with him, and they asked him, um, are you crazy? <laughs> like, just straight up brought it oh. to him, and then he, he laughs for a second, and then his eyes get wide, and he's like, oh, yes. I'm I'm crazy because a man who doesn't think he's crazy is crazy. And you're like, whoa! You sound like you are you are crazy. Yeeks. There's no doubt in my mind. Yeah, no doubt in um, my mind. Um. Also, uh, um, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, um, Behe, uh, the guy from Monkey Shines, is in this documentary a lot. Um, because he was a uh, strip Scientology and then left, and get kooky things happened. Um. So if you're a fan of Monkey Shines, watch out for that guy. There's a lot of interviews, and they, the documentary itself barely, rarely, you know, makes any statements. It's all the people, like, commenting on it and telling their stuff. So they're being very careful um, legally because, of course, the Scientologists will come after you um, because that's what they do best with their crazy lawyers and whatnot. Um, and that's what Aaron Hubbard, that's what it was founded on, yeah. in a way. If anyone, the best offense is a good defense, but yeah. also be offensive. No, no defense, attack, attack. Always attack, more or less. Yeah, but there, and there's like, uh, like I, I really wish um, I wish they got Leah Remini in there. I mean, this made, was probably made before all of her stuff like maybe broke out, um, or maybe they didn't have time. But like, cause like she had some stuff, and like, cause there was all this stuff about um, David Miscarriage's uh, wife like was missing, and they thought she'd been killed. But now I'm like watching this, I'm like, oh, so I guess she was like in the hole where like they take these people and beat the shit out of them and like torture them, and that's weird. Oh. Like, or she may have been murdered. I don't know. I think she resurfaced eventually, so I'm guessing she was in the hole, uh, which is a thing, guys. Uh, they just, like, take people and kidnap them and torture them. God, no wonder Katie Holmes was terrified and had to go across country to escape Tom Cruise. I mean, yeah. that's that's another thing, but he is pretty much 
Yeah. I mean, the weird thing when L. Ron Hubbard died, or like when Tom Cruise was up and like saluted L. Ron Hubbard, that was fucking weird in the documentary. Yeah. I, I like, I mean, we all make fun of Tom Cruise being Scientology. I just didn't realize that Tom Cruise was so in the know on all the shifty things. I just thought he was another idiot that was like in the cult. And like, you know, he just happened to be a celebrity. But like, you really get the sense from this that he's a bad dude that knows what's going on and is taking advantage of it just as much as anyone else. Like, he still believes that it's real, but he's absolutely knowingly taking advantage of people that are making five cents an hour. There's no way for you to think that it's real. Like, at this point, he has to, because once you get to a certain Um, level, like, even in the video, like, one of the guys who had been in it since the beginning, the guy that was kind of hip, he's like, cool, whatever, this is like one of those new, like, when it first started, he's like, yeah, Dianetics, man, it sounds like one of those cool psychology things, let's just go with it. And then when he got to the level where, um, um, where, um... Where you find out about the aliens and Xenu. Yeah, Xenu. He's like, what the fuck is... Is this a joke? Is this, like, another test upon a test? Not a test, dude. L. Ron Hubbard is laughing at you right now and taking your money... But I don't know. I feel like Tom Cruise like believes it because they talk about David Miscavige actually believes this shit, and that's what makes him so crazy and paranoid is that he does believe this. Um, he also is knowingly taking advantage of people and like using them. But yeah, it's fucked up. It's fucked super up, fucked up. Um, oh crap! What was I gonna say? Oh yeah, and there's also like there's a lot of stuff like because they're being so careful in making this documentary that they're just not going into. They never go into the thing about Dave Miscavige's wife because they're being careful so they don't get sued into oblivion. I mean, honestly, clearly. I didn't know about that until you just said it. I, th- I th- because I, I don't really follow the side ties that much. I think I heard that there's like a nine hour cut of this movie of things that they just legally had to cut out. I did hear that. Um, I I have heard that. Um, and also his father, his fa- um, Dave Miscavige's father, of course, was in Scientology um, and eventually left. And they had like a, um, they had like they were they had people following him as they do. Um, and apparently, like this uh, um, this uh, private investigator they had following him, um, uh, like at one point, David Mis- um, the Dave Miscavige's father had a heart attack and like collapsed and like the private investigator like calls like David and he's like hey uh your father's having a heart attack it looks like uh uh what should I do and he's like well he had to go sometime and he's like basically tells him just like to leave him to die in the street or whatever the fuck was going on That's some straight um, yeah. up, like... And this this came out when the private investigator eventually, like, the cops got called on him, and it's, like, this dude, and he has all these, like, guns and shit, like, on him, and they're like, what's this for? He's like, oh, I'm a private investigator, I'm, follow- I'm you know, I'm investigating this guy. He's like, why do you have all these weapons? He's like, well, just for protection, or slash threatening. I don't... Like, that, and that's his... investigators like, that's a thing father. that's okay now? That's, I shouldn't be... I mean, like, private investigators sound shady to begin with. Why don't we just yeah. have, like, government-regulated actual investigators yeah. if we need those? Yeah. Because there's always, like, hey, I'm a private investigator. Yeah, you're just a stranger looking into things. You don't have authority or anything, and you certainly don't need an arsenal on you. But yeah. you're right. That's the dude's dad. Like, that's some straight-up X-Files doctor bullshit. Just let yeah. him die just on the table. Die. Just let him die. Like, what the fuck? So, like, yeah, so he, like, he was cool with letting his father die. Um, his wife was probably disappeared to the hole. Like, like, dude is a bad guy. Like, it's nothing but shifty. True. I mean, the only thing that really, I mean, it's no different than any religion, I would say, really. I Sure. I mean, I would say you would find this in most religious, um, well, most religions. He's, duh, I mean, come on. 
you get but that much the power to go crazy. The, the line but the cult where, aspect of it, the Scientology one, it's newer. Yeah. It's it's unlike the other religions where they've been around for so long. Scientology has been around, and we've seen it, and it's documented how it grew. Well, so it's but like there's well, plenty of religions the kind of like that, that too. happens. Like Mormonism well, I mean, is practically new. The 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 line the de- the demarcation line of cult though is where you start going out of your way to isolate people and True. like remove them from um, family and society and culture in general. And that's where you hit the cult line when you start trying to force people to separate from everyone else. And that's Scientology 100% is all up in that. You're right. When you're right, you're right, Brad. Good documentary I mean, though. I, I highly recommend it. Yeah, it's really it. good. Definitely. You should definitely it was, see it. It's really crazy. I also love the part when Elron Hubbard had been away from Scientology for a long time, like the headquarters and was just on the ocean. Mm-hmm. And then in the tapes that they were still recording, but they don't have any video, he's like, Yeah, I haven't really been involved with it that much, to be honest, recently. It may be a cult now. <laughs> it's like, Elron, you know it's a cult. What I love him trying to distance himself and also being like, Yeah, it's actually, to be totally honest, um, it's kind of weird. <laughs> It's so insane. I may have started a cult. I mean, I did start a cult, but it's probably more of a cult now. I'm not there. I mean, it was a straight-up cult, and it was a money-making machine when I was there, but now I yeah. think they actually believe this shit. And, and you, really get the, you really get the sense of it that John Travolta is just kind of trapped in there. Oh, yeah, poor um, John you, Travolta. Like, the... I wasn't expecting to get such a strong sense of, like, Travolta and Tom Cruise, because, like, I, I feel like they're just, like, the cliches of Scientology. I didn't really... Because, I mean, yikes... But, like, you get the sense that John Travolta is unwillingly trapped in this cult, and Tom Cruise is completely willing to take advantage of it, and is a monster. Sandy! Yeah, poor... I mean, I don't know. I I remember seeing, like, an interview of John Travolta, like, a long time ago. Like, it was footage, I want to say after Saturday Night Fever, or whenever he first became a Scientologist, and him talking about assists... And how he was on the set one day, and a Scientologist just helped him, and it helped him a lot. And he seemed so passionate about it, like, duped to the point. But he was also a kid then, so obviously I'm sure he's just stuck. Yeah. He doesn't want to have to go to the hole. Who does? Seriously. It's a real hell on earth. Oh, fuck. Watch it, guys. Get on this. It's good. Yeah, watch it. Definitely get on it. When you get HBO, soft pedal girls go directly to this... Go directly to Going Clear. Yes. That's the show you should watch first. Defo. Defo. Guys, it's that super special time of the week where we check in on our favorite cousins on Perfect Strangers. Brad and I play a game where we like to um, set a clock and summarize the episode. If you go under 55 seconds, you are a chump. You get the music. If you land within 55... Oh, sorry, Alex. Alex, a quick question. A.K.A. Chump Music. A.K.A. Lame Windy Music. (laughs) The theme music to Lame Windy's life. A.K.A. What you should also not put on the playlist when you're uh, trying to uh, reach out to the Aboriginals. Don't play it. No one wants it. If you land between 55 seconds and a minute... You're in a pretty good spot. Nothing, nothing celebratory, but like stuff that's good. It's a good time. Fifty-five to fifty-nine, you're winning. But you did it. You win. You sure. won. You won. You won. Sure. With the jackpot, sixty seconds mm. on the dot, and if you get that, yes. you get, you're a brave heart for sure. Hmm. 
<laughs> Anything over that and you lose. You're just a loser. Yeah, you just a loser. loser. You've forgotten loser. everything about the episode and what you've learned oh. and summarizing episodes. Oh. And then have you forgotten plays as it should? Mm. Brad, I got a minute on the clock. It's your turn to summarize this episode of Perfect Strangers. Um, taking stock, I believe it's taking called. Stock. All right, give me one second here. All right. I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you sixty. Oh my god! I see what you did there. That was clever. All right, I can do this. All right, Brad, on go. Three, two, one, go. All right, Balky wants to make some money. How's he gonna do it? Stocks. He wants to invest in stocks. Uh, he's got $38 and some change. Larry's going to loan him a buck. He's going to buy one share of uh, this company that makes cereal, uh, namely Raisin Puffs, everyone's favorite cereal that sounds gross. Uh, every box has 100 raisins in it. Um, so uh, Balky and Marianne and Jennifer and, and Larry, they're all going out to dinner until uh, Balky finds out that there's not 100 raisins in the box. What's going on? Scandal. He stays home, ruins dinner. Uh, he like goes and buys 13 boxes and is counting the raisins there is not even anywhere near 100 raisins so what are they going to do they're going to go to the corporate fucking headquarters there is a lot of wacky um action going on here because they're trying to get him to talk to the ceo and they won't let him in they call security they're climbing over couches this woman's bringing coffee it's getting kooky they find they talk to the ceo they're like hey listen there's not 100 raisins he's like what scandal and he puts the raisins in that's the up i don't want to say it <laughs> what have we got what have we got I, I have one minute, one second. Fred. We're too so close to the close. sun. I can't even round. Like, part of me was like, Alex, just lie. Alex, just lie. But I can't, can't. do that. You can't. You're at one minute, one second, and 56 milliseconds. Like, it's too close. Uh, it's almost one second. Yeah. It's almost one minute, two seconds. And uh, I can't. I can't. Scandal. I'm Brad. I'm so scandal. sorry. What happened? Oh, no. <sighs> we'll get him next week. Don't worry about it. I tried to hit that minute too hard, and I went over. It's okay. It's all right. Mm, I've learned my lesson. I've learned my lesson now. I got cocky. I mean, uh, you're not gonna, you're not gonna forget anytime soon. I'm not. Um, this episode is kooky times a thousand. I love it, but it, you're right, super kooks. So we start off, and Larry is seemingly putting together a stereo. This is not a plot that follows through the episode. I don't even know if it's Minch. I didn't, I didn't pick up the fact that he was actually. He's got an instruction manual, and he seems to be plugging things in. Um, I don't know what is going on. It's very strange. It's like he's got an Ikea stereo. <laughs> <laughs> um, Balky comes in wearing uh, an outfit from the 70s. Um, like he, he really is like, a straight-up 70s outfit. Like It's like some Mork from Orc action going on. Because he's got like a, a striped t-shirt... Um, with like weird pattern suspenders, um, on some high pants. It's 
You think that it, the stripes are horizontal, but no, the one around know. his neck goes up vertically. Like, it starts out as a horizontal line, and then it's like, whoop, goes up vertical to the shoulders. It's just weird. I don't get it. Yeah. The suspenders are hiding that, but... Yeah, it is a strange well. pattern. Like, it's none of it is sensible. It's very unsettling. It's like he bought the most irregular shirt. <laughs> it's like there's the irregular section, and then there's the oh no section. <laughs> And that's where he purchased from. So, yeah, Balky runs in. Larry, put those wires to that stereo down. I got a letter from someone. Her name is uh, Miss Elvira Worth. Uh, Balky's so excited, he can't really read the letter out loud very well, so Larry takes over. But it, essentially, it's it's a scam, right, Brad? <laughs> Seemingly. I don't understand. It's something about uh, investing in stocks. Uh, and this puts the idea in Balky's head that he should he should buy stocks and make investments. Yeah. And Larry's like, uh, listen, Balky, you you don't need to put your money into stocks. You you're not ready for that next level game. Um, like it's a bad idea. You're you're gonna lose all your money. Don't do it. You know how we know Balky isn't ready? He thinks the stock market is the same thing as like a meat market, basically. Because on Meepos, he's like, I took all the sheep to the stock market. Duh. I know what the stock market is, Larry. Let me invest. Let me invest. Let me invest. Larry says no, so Balky's like, okay, fine. I'll just have Marianne help me. Can't do it. So Larry's like, all right, fuck it. I'll I'll help you invest your money. How much are you looking to put in? And Balky breaks out $38 and some change. Um, but what stock are they going to invest in, Brad? Oh, well, you know, like, the best, um, it's everyone's favorite company, it's, a uh, Unicorn. Unicorn. Named after a mythical animal, <laughs> but is actually, um, a coalition of corn farmers or corn manufacturers. Yeah, the United Corn Corporation. Unicorn! And they make breakfast cereals such as Sugar Oatsies and Raisin Puffs. I would never eat a cereal called sh- Sugar Oatsies. That's no. just too cutesy. I, I, I would not eat that. I don't know about Raisin Puffs either. Like I've never... Like, Raisin Puffs isn't a thing. There's not a puffed cereal that has raisins in it, right? No. Unless you're no, making it on your own. Yeah, that does not sound good either. I like a I Raisin Bran I'm might. all about. Raisin Bran is amazing. I have a cranberry raisin bran right now in my pantry. Awesome. Nice. Highly recommend that stuff. I really like the raisin bran experiments they're doing, dude. Putting granola in it, awesome. Putting almonds in it, yes. The Uh-oh. almond crunch raisin bran was the fucking best, but right now the cranberry's doing it. Sorry, I didn't mean to get in my cereal thing, but Definitely. everyone knows how much I love cereals. I would I just I would not want to puff I would never want to puff cereal with raisins though. I don't but think what? those go together. What's a puffed cereal? Like, like a, give me an example, like a like Rice um, Krispies with raisins. That's a puffed wheat, uh, puffed yeah, rice. I think more of but like, this a, looks like like a like a Honey Smack, um, uh, those like those puffy um, sugar smacks, honey honey smacks, like those puffed cereal. There's, that's a thing. The one with the bear and the one with the frog, right? But those have like a coffee aftertaste to them. Yeah, I mean you're right, but what they seem to be having is like puffed corn or something. Like it's huge puffs. Yeah, like, it's almost um, like Kix. Kix is a puffed cereal. I yeah. Um, if you just Google a puffed rice cereal, like there's there that's a thing. Yeah, I mean yeah. I mean Rice Krispie treats is or Rice Krispies well, are puffed rice. Yeah, and but these so are is bigger. Sugar Smacks and Honey. Yeah, I mean you can get a bigger version of them. Yeah, it's just the type of grain they use. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I 
Honestly, I'm not sure about it either, but I would definitely try Raisin Puffs over Sugar Oatsies. It also implies that that, that it's a, a puffed uh, a puffed cereal that is flavor it is raisin flavored. That's weird as fuck. And that like I'm not like raisin because it's raisin puffs, so you think it would be puffed raisins? So I'm like, oh, no, that's cereal. Not. Every one <laughs> infused with the taste of grapes or raisins. No, thank you. I want raisins, not raisin infused flavor. That's weird. Though now that you say that, I would try that if I saw it in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. That's just who I am. Um, they decide to invest in this. They're gonna buy one share because Larry's gonna lend Balky, I think, the dollar or something. Yeah. He needs to do it. Balky's so beside himself. Go ahead. What? I was, no. Yeah, he's gonna uh, lend, lend him the dollar and change so he can afford the one share, big time. Baki's excited. He's like, um, he says, an hour ago, I was a babe in the woodpile. Don't know what that means as a Meepos thing. I don't. I didn't know nothing about the stock market. And now, thanks to you, I'm on my way to becoming a business typhoon. Oh, Larry's, Larry's like, God damn. Balky a typhoon, and he stops him, and I love this part, because this is the savvy Balky we had in the first season that was basically mm-hmm. tricking Larry. And that's when I'm like, Balky's knowing more than he's saying. What kind of weird game is Balky running? He's like, uh, Larry says, Balky a typhoon is, and Balky says, it's a tropical storm. I know that. I was just kidding. Got me some slack. It's like, all right, why? Then, all right, cool, cool. So uh, the next scene, um, the, they're getting ready to go to, out to dinner with the girls. Uh, Balky's got his first stock certificate. Um, there's some, there's a, there's a little comedy bit with like a, a lint roller. Um, but most important thing about this scene that we have to talk about is Balky's tie, because Balky seems to be wearing twine around his neck. Like, it is the weirdest tassel, uh, like it's the weirdest tassel, or it is a straight up twine yeah i thought it was a noose at first and thought well that's a weird look to rock and he's got a twine bolo like he looks like garbage he looks okay larry's got a suit on looks pretty good well larry's got on a blazer and khakis looks good um i don't know what the fuck marianne's they're waiting on a date for marianne balky says look cousin larry i framed my my one stock certificate on the wall larry's like whatever ding dong the girls arrive Oh um, and they're wearing some things. Um, Marianne has the pointiest shoulder pads ever. Um, like I feel like she's gonna stab somebody with them. Her hair is also like crazy high up on her head. Jennifer, meanwhile, looks fucking insane. <laughs> um, her her dress—it's like a flamenco dress. It's got multiple yeah. tiers of skirt. Uh, all the way, it's almost like a tutu at the top. Like, I, I'd have to say, out of the both of them, her outfit is what I would describe as adorable, maybe. Because it's just like, what are you really? doing? You're wearing a dress that looks like a child's dress. Where Marianne, I'm scared. Uh, I don't well, want to rub elbows with her. I don't want to ride an elevator with her. If she gets too close, she's going to stab me in the shoulders. Oh, yeah, yeah. You'll get stabbed. I just, I feel like, I don't know. Jennifer's dress is so dumb. Like, that's <laughs> it's so, dumb. It it's is a dumb. dumb dress. Like, she's an attractive woman, but that is a dumb dress. Like, I don't. Like, it's got tears. Like, why does your dress have so many tears? 
Like, Marianne is got pointy shoulders, yes. Um, but the outfit is simple, except for the pointy shoulders. Whereas Jennifer looks just... its so, I can't. I can't. To give Jennifer some credit, Jennifer says, Look, I had trouble. We had tr- trouble getting dressed. I just didn't have anything to wear. Um, so she borrowed the dress from Marianne, which, yeah. seeing the dress, it's like, oh, that's a Marianne dress. That's definitely sure. Marianne's speed. Yeah. Um, so, Balky brings Can we talk, in. I'm sorry, sorry. Just talking about Jennifer's dress again. Um, I think it's crazy that, like, it's got, like, these, it's, it's got these, like, sleeves that are, like, up on, like, her shoulders, but then it's, like, it's, like, it's, like, cut. It's, like, like, why is those weird sleeves, like, what are they attached to? <laughs> It's almost like she's wearing sleeves. She's got. It's like she's got a strapless dress that, and all, is also wearing sleeves separately. It's a slip sleeve thing. It's I don't very know. strange, dude. I. It is very weird. I mean, when she turns around in a second, when they all look at the certificate on the wall, mm-hmm. um, you see that it swoops back. Like, it kind of makes more sense. But you're right. It, it from the front, it looks weird. It's kind of strange. Yeah, I think it's better than the super deep V that Marianne's rocking in that pink shirt, which doesn't make any sense. With if she looks like a, if it wasn't pink and her hair wasn't like that, this could be a villain's dress. I don't know. It, um, they both look just terrible. Can I also say that Balky is wearing a weird vest, and the fact that the back of the vest is like native Meepo print, and the front is a little different. Um, when they're turned around looking at the wall. Balky's pants are not functioning right because those are loose pants, but they are they are in they are almost inside of him. Like yes. they are that is I don't know how else to say that, Brad, without getting yeah. crass or strange. Yeah, they are. He is being sexually molested by his pants, but they're loose. It doesn't but make any li- sense. Well, He's listen, also been standing up this whole time. It doesn't make do any is, sense. Listen, some pants are designed to go inside the ass. Um, but then, like, give plenty of room, um, for the upper thigh. <laughs> Show off your assets in comfort. <laughs> I guess, like, I... I have no idea. It's very strange. I thought, is this a style? I looked over at Larry, it's like, that looks normal. Yeah. I don't, it's strange. Oh, everyone's fighting for worse dressed. Um, they is, really is, are, it's, is it's the, an... It's the worst runway we've seen in a while, ladies oh, and gentlemen. And Jonathan, um, just wait. Balky um, picks up Marianne and Jennifer to show them his stock certificate, which is very strange and bizarre. And you can tell that Jennifer is really having to like hold her legs high up off the ground because she's so tall. Oh, yeah. So, it's... They start to leave, but Balky is giving them like all kinds of facts about his company because he's really obsessed mm-hmm. and doesn't understand how stocks work. He's talking about raisin puffs, and it's like, you know, a lot of people don't know this, but there's a hundred raisins in every box. Mm. And uh, Marianne says, mm, you might want to check yourself, dog. Pretty sure there aren't. That's why I quit yeah. buying it. She's like, yeah, I quit buying it because there weren't enough raisins in there. And he's like, whoa, 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 Marianne, there's a hundred in every box, so shut your filthy mouth. Um, he grabs a new box off it. the shelf, opens it, pours some in her hand, which is weird. No yeah. raisins. Where are the raisins? Looks in the box, no raisins. Puts his head or, in the box, essentially. No raisins. I do love that this is when Larry walks in and is like, <clears throat> so uh, why is Balky's head in a box? <laughs> That's just how they roll. It's every day with Larry. It's like, all right, something new, something crazy is right. happening. 
So, uh, Balky's obsessed with this raisin situation. Larry's like, well, hurry up. We've got reservations. we got to get to the restaurant. Uh, Balky's like, listen, i got to deal with this raisin sitch, so you guys go ahead and I'll catch up with you. Which is crazy. Uh, equally weird is that Marianne puts the cereal from her hand back in the box. Yes, gross. <laughs> She's like, nah, maybe you should sell your, maybe it's a sign you should sell your stocks. Yeah. So just Zig go- throws the cereal in the box. Yeah. <laughs> gross. So they leave, uh, we cut back, Larry's come back to the apartment. You assume it's gonna be, like, after the dinner. No, Larry's left the restaurant to check on Balky, um, because he didn't show up there. But he's still, he's like, come on, we gotta get back to the restaurant. Wait, wait, wait. So, they went to the restaurant, Larry has tried to call a few times, couldn't get hold of Balky, because Balky went out to buy more boxes of cereal. Larry's now come back to him, he's like, hey, Balky, come on, we gotta go to dinner. So, what is going on with this restaurant? Like, so did they just sit there, have a first course, and Larry's like, well, I'll, I'll run out and grab him real quick, and we'll just be right back. Is it close by? What's going on? What is this situation where, where Balky has enough time to go off to a grocery store, buy a bunch of boxes of cereal, count raisins, come back, and... And Larry is going to come back, and they're going to go back to the restaurant? How long are they planning on staying at this restaurant? So weird. Cousin, I'm in the middle of a company crisis. Um, Oy. yeah, no, no box has even close to 100 raisins. Yeah. None. It's kooky. They do a whole little comedy bit where Balky's trying to count the, the boxes, and Larry keeps, he's like counting the boxes in the room, and is like, oh, 13th boxes, and Balky loses count. We do that a couple of times comedy ensues um so Bally's like well go ahead it didn't really bother me at the time but the more you talked about it the more it's like like settling it is fucking weird like what did they do at that restaurant yeah are Mary and Jennifer still there yes (laughs) by themselves I think so all dressed up and no balky is it a Poor thing girls. like they won't they won't let them sit down until their entire party is there? Like what's that going on? That could be on? a thing. That that's happened at a few places in Cincinnati I've been to. Boy. So um, um, Balky's like, listen, what do we do? Who do we go to? Larry's like, listen, you can't, you can't do this. He's like, well, I'll go, I'll go to the, I'll go to the the guy in charge of putting the raisins in the in the cereal at the plant. And he's like, oh, you can't do that. You'd have to talk to his foreman. He's the guy that makes the rules. Okay, I'll go to him. Oh, well, he has a supervisor. You'd have to talk to him. All right, I'll talk to him. Well, he reports to so and so. Well, I'll go talk to him. Well, he reports to uh, the CEO of the company. He's like, well, I'll go all the way to the CEO of the company. He'll never see you. I do love that Larry is like, how are we going to do that, Balky? And just keeps escalating it until they reach the top. Well, he's never going to want to see you. And Balky's okay. like, we got to try. Let's do this. Uh, so uh, they they go. Luckily, it seems that the that uh, Unicorn is based in Chicago. Um, so they go to the office. Well, let's can we can we read the last lines that really get them going? Sure. Uh, Larry explains, This is hopeless, Balky. You are only one man with one share. They won't listen. To which Balky says, Well, cousin, if you come with me, we'll be two men with one share. And then they will have to listen. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. Pretty good. There you go. Braveheart uh, right there. That's a braveheart. Um, so, yeah, they show up and they go to the secretary and it's like, Hey, do you have an appointment? Well, no. Well, then, too bad. Uh, how, well, how do we set an appointment? You'd have to make an appointment with the appointment setter. Oh, boy. So, how do we do that? You have to make an appointment to make an appointment with the appointment setter. Wah, wah, wah. Corporate culture. Wah, 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 wah. 
Larry says, Balky, let's just leave. I'll get you ice cream. And to which Balky is very tempted to be like, all right. <laughs> okay, Rocky close. Road, please. I want to get mint chocolate chip this time. No, no. I came here with a mission. I am a man who owns <laughs> one one thousandth of a business. <laughs> Maybe one one five hundredths of a thousandth of a business. I will have my words heard. Boy, um... So, uh, Larry's like, alright, fine. But this may take some subterfuge. Um. And then they do, like, a whole little, uh, eyebrow acting off thing. Um, fine. So, there, uh, a guy's coming out of the office, and they're like, oh, Mr. Castleman. It's like, oh, I'm not Mr. Castleman. I'm the vice president of the company. It's like, oh, okay, fine. Well, this is Mr. Bertakamus. He's a major stockholder, and I represent him. So they try that, and oh, they're impressing the guy. And then, of course, Balky blows it, and he's like, oh, yeah. I own one share. And he's like, wait, one share? Fuck this shit. Call security. Get this chump out of here. I do give Larry credit. He's like, 100,000 shares. Uh, he's the Bartakamoose from the Mediterranean Bartakamooses. And Balky says, have you heard of my island? And he's like, you got an island? We'll bring out the fine china. Let's let's get some nice tea or coffee going for these gentlemen. And then, of course, Balky does ruin it. And he's like, get the fuck out of here, security. So then, uh, you know, we have a, a wacky little chase going on with security that's pretty solid. Like, they, they, they're chasing oh, yeah. him around. Um, they go, go around the room. We get some good physical comedy. They go out the door, and it's well, like, wow. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, they go out the door, and it's like, wow, that's, that's all right. That was pretty decent. And then they come back in and we do it again, which Balky, I was like, all right, pretty great, pretty great. That is awesome. Baki runs over to uh, the CEO's door and just starts banging on it, yelling, Missile Castleman! Larry gets on the phone, he's like, Castleman, Castleman, you've got a next meeting, it's an avoid, like... They like, are desperate. I love Larry. Larry keep they keep because they do this a couple of times. Larry goes doors. Uh, Mr. Castleman, Mr. Castleman, uh, you have an important meeting uh, in uh, in the uh, in the main office. Uh, please come to the main office, Mr. Castleman. Please come to the main office. And then they run out and they get chased out of the room and do it again. And then it's like, wow, that was pretty good. And but then they then the door bursts open and they do it again. And every time, like the vice president guy gets like trapped behind the door. And at one point they knock the couch over and they're climbing over the couch. Uh, again, Perfect Strangers always solid with physical comedy. It's a good little chase. Um, like eventually, a uh, CEO, Mr. Castleman, comes out, and uh, he's like, "What's going on here?" And then, you know, um, he's like, you "Listen, mean we need eyebrows to talk to you. comes out. Dude's got crazy Ooh. eyebrows. I thought he was the Mintoff on freaking Dune." Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty bonks. Um, it's and it, it's like it is like a. Like, you're, we're really feeling some conservative America bullshit going yeah. on. I mean, s- super hardcore. Ugh, like, talk about some undercover boss bullshit. Um, oh, yeah, and there's like, dude, don't even listen to this guy. He's only got one share. And the gu- and the CEO says, he's a stockholder, isn't he? He's still yeah. a stockholder, whether he's one or many. It's like, fuck this. Yeah, oh, boy. And so Bal- he's like, listen, I want to talk to you. There's not enough raisins in your in your raisin puff cereal. He's like, oh, but there's a hundred in every box. No, there isn't. Well, he says, he laughs. You want more than a hundred raisins? Sir, there's not even a hundred. What? That's crazy. So they they all get their own boxes, and they have to count. Yeah, there's, well, like, the vice president guy's like, well, what do you want us to do, count them? And he, he's like, oh, well, I guess we could do that. Um, then we come back, and then everybody's counting raisins. Like, we got the two security guards, the vice president, the secretary, Larry and Balky, they're all counting raisins from cereal boxes. And, like, they're, they're barely hitting 50 for the most part. 
I do love the part where Balky has eaten four of them, so it changes the count when they're all saying. Yes. It's like 44 plus the four I ate. Well, it turns out that the, what's his name, Crocker? Yeah, Crocker vice is the vice president guy. He's um, the one responsible. He's like, guy, look, what's the difference between a 50 and a 100? I've saved the company so much money. And boss man, undercover, <laughs> I'm just going to call him undercover boss yes. for no other reason. He's going to say, I don't care what you did. I don't care what the cost. Bring back a hundred. We promised a hundred. We guaranteed a hundred. <laughs> uh, we we have a, uh, our company is based on values. And we, if we promise a hundred, we need to deliver a hundred. I'm an undercover you boss. <laughs> What's your mortgage, Balky? Um... <laughs> <laughs> So, and then he makes him apologize to Balky, and he says, Mr. Barber talking to me, I'm sorry. And Balky says, it's okay to forgive as divine, to be an airhead as human. And I could have yeah, swear he winks. I mean, because Balky knows what's going on. He's not a turnip yeah. anymore. He never was a turnip. It's all a ruse. Really? And we find out that this guy married the boss's daughter, and he's like, what a nitwit. Bah. Really? So they leave, dude's like, cool, whatever. And then he says, ah, before you guys go, have you ever taken a uh, helicopter ride around the city? And they light up. No, we haven't. And he says, too bad. And just kind of walks off. And then he comes back as the cool undercover boss. I'm just fooling, let's go. You guys want to, <laughs> what does he say? Like fly, do a flyover. Do you want to buzz, buzz the Kellogg's factory? Oy. I, it's It's so wacky. Uh, like, it's like just because I'm rich doesn't mean I'm not a fun guy. Let's go buzz the Kellogg's factory. So they go take a hel- like. This is really is undercover boss sh- shenanigans, because um, he takes them on a helicopter ride. We don't see any of it, obviously. Uh, there's a lot. Should the Knights Network ever happen, there's going to be a lot of really high production uh, TV movies where. We see this. Like, I want to film this whole episode as a movie because they get into a, a chase with a police helicopter. They race yeah. a police helicopter. Yeah, you know, like, in this day and age, like, they would have just been shot down immediately. Oh, it's yeah. Like, can't do it. No. Well, that's what forget. we would show in the movie. Like, they would yeah. barely escape, and the other cover boss would do something crazy. Yeah, and then, like, people in, in MSNBC would say they should have been shot out of the air and murdered or something. Well, the boss gets shot by the police men from and he's like oh and he grabs balky and says let them do a hundred raisins in every bar and he like falls out and balky's screaming and then the uh the pilot says yeah you guys really have changed things for me i'm actually the boss <laughs> and then he's actually the boss and then nice there you go but then there vice president go. guy he just like they come to him and say hey these were his last words he wanted uh, he wanted more raisins and then he just looks at them and says bootstraps motherfuckers <laughs> and like kills them with a gun, but he meant to pull a taser, so it's okay. So yeah, it's fine. Rubber bullets. Like, as long as you're rich and you mean to pull a taser, but you accidentally pull a gun and murder somebody, it's completely cool. So, um, yeah, I mean, they kind of go back to the apartment. They reminisce. They're like, you know what? It's a good thing we stood up. We sometimes the one man can stand against the many. Uh, we're all a part of this. <laughs> no voice tries is too to small. Think- Balky tries to thank Larry. Larry's like, oh, uh, I was the one that was telling you you shouldn't do it. And he's like, well, if it hadn't been for you, I wouldn't have... I, I wouldn't have... Act- well, no, I kind of tried to fuck that over, too. Well, uh, if it hadn't been for you, we wouldn't have gotten in there. Well, I tried to tell you to lie, and uh, that would have fucked... Uh, yeah. And Balky's <laughs> like... If it wasn't for you, we wouldn't be able to do subterfuge. <laughs> like, have fun with that. He's like, ah, oh, but it didn't work, Balky. It didn't work. 
And the dog's like, well, you're just not going to let me thank you at all, are you, you fucking asshole? You sad sack loser. Oh. And Larry's like, oh, well, I guess, whatever. Uh, I'm glad I could help. End of episode. Yay. Ouch. Cute up, fun times. Indeed. Who won, who lost? Uh, the girls lost. I'm going to say... Uh, Jennifer lost more because she had to borrow a lame dress. Mm-hmm. And now, we don't know. They could still be at that restaurant. Agreed. I hope they brought their bike. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Jennifer lost. I agree with that. Absolutely. Who won the episode? Um, Balky got to have a lot of fun. I mean, let's be honest. Out of all their capers, this is probably the best. Definitely. Slice of comedy running in and out. Um, he got to he got to count raisins. He got to eat raisins. He he got his stock even though he didn't have enough money for it. And now that he's improved the quality of the product, the the value of his stock's probably gonna go up. True. So he's making he's gonna, money on the deal. Yeah, they're gonna turn that thirty something dollars into forty. Could be. And now he owns a part of America, like he said. I I'm now in the stock market. I am an American. Nice. Had nothing to do with the citizenship, it has to do with this. He won easily. Hard part who uh, who won and who lost fashion. Uh, oh. Who's best dressed, worst dressed? Best dressed, worst dressed. I would say Larry in his suit's okay. He seems more put together. Can we just give worst dressed to either Balky with his um, rope tie or Marianne with her V-neck pink? I, I would go shirt. I would yeah. I would go Balky with with the with the twine tie because that is insane. Also, his pants are molesting him. Let's never forget. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that whole outfit is just weird. Baki, stop. Yeah. Um, best dress. I could go Larry in the suit. Well, I mean, who else is gonna take it? I would be cool, Jennifer, because even though that dress I, is weird, no, I don't think it's as bad as you say. I actually think the whole thing where she, the ghost sleeves <laughs> uh, are the sleeves that are like suspended. Anti-gravity sleeves, sleeves, but slow, solo sleeves, whatever we want to call them. Um, I think that's okay. It's a neat aesthetic. I don't think it's a bad dress. It's weird, but it's not horrible. Brad's can't, not having any of can't, it. Can't Brad's abide not having it. any of it. Can't abide it. I'm, I'm looking at like the vice president guy. I'm like, what about his suit? Is it, is it better? I like, I don't know. I mean, Larry's, Larry's family. He's part of the show. <laughs> we'll never see the vice president again. I well, I still if he's best dressed, his best dressed is best dressed. Um, You're right. I, yeah, I think Larry, uh, um, Larry's suit uh, going out to dinner is probably the best. Everyone looks just terrible in this episode, but I think yeah, that the other guy the has best. like a weird red tie. Yeah. Larry's at least casual. He's casual for this, for this uh, escapade. Yeah. Well, Larry in the in the office is bad. I don't like that because that True. tie is awful. But going out to dinner, Larry, I'm down with that one. Yeah, Dinner Larry has a cooler tie, too. Dinner Larry, yeah. not Office Larry. Yeah. I would Definitely. say the three-piece suit that um, Big Boss Man's wearing, Undercover Boss is wearing, is pretty nice. I like the grays, I like the tie. Yeah, but like it looks like it looks like a 70s suit. It does, you're right. There you go. Dinner party, out to Dinner Larry. Nice. Is what I'm sure the box with action figure would say. That's, That's the winner, changes. and loser is out to Dinner Balky. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Um, there you go. That's Perfect Strangers. Fun episode. It's been a long time coming. Indeed. Um, I'm super excited to get back to fucking Belvedere because I got to see what happens. Was that yes. a one-off episode? Are we ever going to see uh, KC again? Mm. I don't know. 
We are gonna see Lame Windy again. We have to. And I hate no. to say that. Fuck, no. fuck that. Fuck, fuck, fuck you, writers. Stop. No. We, never again. Never again. Don't talk about the, that. What if it's the next episode? Like, they're that uh, jerks. Guess what? Double Dukes. She's back uh, already. Oh, uh, they need new... Kevin needs new roommates and they both move in. Uh, oh. Lame. But guys, we'll be covering it. Thank you so much for listening to Ramjack. I'm Alex. Brad, we've been here since the beginning. <laughs> Of time. Oh. Mm, um, like the birds. Glad, yeah, just like... <laughs> Guys, no, thank nobody you. Knows, nobody knows when they came around. That's No one really knows when mysterious. they happened. Um, thank you for listening. There's ways to get in contact with us. You can phone us. What's that phone number, Brad? It's 979-476-9877 or 979-GROW-UP-7. Yes. Uh, there's the website, ramjackpodcast.com. Yes, you can email us, ramjackpodcast at gmail.com, and we're on Twitter at ramjackpodcast. Join the Facebook group. Super fun, super... I, yeah, there you go. Get all the links, get all the cool stuff. Of course, go to the wiki. Duh. Defo. Stay in Defo. touch. Let, let us talk to us. We want to talk to you. And guys, uh, when you're out there looking for some hot dance beats, when you feel that music in your soul, um, whether you're whether you're in the office or out on the dance floor or with some indigenous peoples, uh, we know uh, the sounds you're gonna be reaching for, and clearly it's gonna be from everyone's favorite dance mix, Chinlers. Stop.